This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new episode of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. Some of us pump, and some of us slump. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. You want to talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. What's up? The summer series is upon us. We're doing 90s action films. I'm excited. Well, you picked the the theme, so I hope so. (laughs) Just something I'm indifferent to. (laughs) I, I guess we could do 90s action. You said we are doing 90s action. You're going to pick three movies, and then you really only gave me two choices. About three or four separate times, I kept to talk about if we do 90s action movies. And I gave you the option. I was like, if you think of something else, let me know. I didn't hear any concrete answers from you. I came up with a list of like 10. And then you're like, well, we're doing True Lies. No, so I'm talking that's about one of your picks. I'm talking about as a theme. Oh, I don't know. I'm not good at picking things. <laughs> I try to let you you know give some input i'm not i want us to drive this car together it took me three months to pick a movie to do for my birthday (laughs) yeah you did (laughs) well to mark the beginning of our 90s action film series we have a guest with us we have ben from the searchers podcast why don't you knock it off with them negative waves why don't you dig how beautiful it is out here why don't you say something righteous and hopeful for a change hello <laughs> thanks for having me on welcome. welcome do you want your last name to be known or not now keep that secret <laughs> okay <laughs> i was gonna say i don't think i knew your last name and then when you you know logged on to the when you joined the meeting i was like oh it's it's been this <laughs> been that but um Missed yeah that so so now when you get stocked you know it's Mulder. <laughs> well yeah you're, that's correct yeah just uh i don't even advertise that on my own podcast so i'd appreciate that, that <laughs> but yeah thanks for having me on guys appreciate it yeah we're used to it because uh brett uh does not want his last name to be known no uh, he's never divulged that info hey i'm with you to the audience it's it's a smart way to go especially in this day and age I don't know what you guys are so worried about. Worried about getting canceled or what? Now I can't stalk him. <laughs> but I do know what you look like kind of now. <laughs> I mean, I knew I knew a week ago when the uh, episode with uh, the MMC dropped. So, yep. yes, I, I did a face reveal, <laughs> the official face reveal. Kind of regret it, but not I mean, really. I mean, you're, you're basically like Wilson from Home Improvement because you <laughs> never see your mouth, you know? Looks like there's a big black robot dick in your face. <laughs> you might like that. Who knows? Oh, no. Well, I got Norbit and uh, and the Hulkster behind me. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, Ben, uh, tell us about your podcast. 
we clear up some misconceptions <laughs> that might be out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, as Eric mentioned us on another episode, a previous episode, uh, we do not, I'll correct him. We do not just cover Westerns. Well, he, he didn't say that it was, uh, another podcast said only Westerns, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> officially we do not do only Westerns. We, we cover, uh, more obscure stuff, old stuff, new stuff. And he froze. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> Whatever. We're just uh, three dudes talking about movies that no one's probably. Oh. <laughs> you, you froze hey. right in the middle of your spiel. <laughs> froze right when you said, uh, right after uh, we do uh, like old stuff, new stuff. Start over. <laughs> I'm not starting over. Pe- people <laughs> people haven't seen these movies, most likely. That's okay. We're trying to find a niche so that's that's the the spiel and of course of course the internet would go out right in the middle of it so i guess fuck me but whatever (laughs) the searchers podcast since you are a big fan of westerns and a aficionado dare i say an expert dare i say uh that's a it's a fitting title i'd say yeah it's a little uh cliche i guess but we've only covered two westerns out of our 29th episode will come out right before this episode drops for you guys unless you uh change the date up that you already told me it would drop but yeah two yeah, out this... of 29 that's like <clears throat> less than five percent yeah today <laughs> is the the 13th of june year of our, year of our lord 2023 uh this episode's not going to drop until next week probably around wednesday-ish i'd say and then uh, we're gonna have a recently scene that comes out before that so so yeah. <laughs> so since you say most of the movies you you cover are movies people haven't seen, are you expecting people to watch the movies before they listen to your podcast, or would you say just dive in even if you haven't seen it? That's a good question. I would say if you don't care about spoilers, you can. Uh, I'd recommend listening, but if you care about spoilers, please watch the movie first. But. Some people, I, I like listening to, like, I'll listen to your guys' podcast about some movie I've never, ever, uh, li- you know, watched. What's that movie with the uh, Undercover Blues? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to your entire podcast on it. Never seen it. Still haven't seen it. Doesn't bother me. But some people are really touchy about, you yeah. know, oh, I'm not going to listen to any spoilers. I can't do that. Like, you're going to, all the noise that in this day and age, like, you're going to forget in a week. Come on. Sure. That's true. So, but come on, undercover blues. You can't, you got to go on fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> uh, Honestly, you don't even need to watch it. It's, it's a last resort. <laughs> oh, come on. It's a cherished film from my childhood. It's a beloved film <laughs> from my childhood. <laughs> was that a birthday pick for you, Mulder? No, that was just a, a movie from our youth, and that was a movie from my youth. So it was my pick for that series. We do four of those uh, every spring, and we each pick two. I picked that never-ending story, and then Brett did uh, Sandlot and what was the other one? Spaced oh, Invaders. Yeah, indeed. I listened to three out of four of those. You're welcome. <laughs> so you're the one. Which one did you skip? I was wondering why that one episode which one, had zero downloads. Which one do you think, Brett? I mean, Brent, Brett? Yeah. <laughs> Check out the big brain on Brett. You're a smart motherfucker. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, I, the, the one that you picked, uh, what was it, Space Invaders? Yeah, I'm not, 
didn't even know what that was to be quite honest with you so i'm a little younger than you guys so even though i watch a bunch of boomer movies that's fine (laughs) (laughs) i think that was a fun episode even if you don't watch that movie all right i'll I'll go back and listen to it the next time i'm driving (laughs) i wouldn't even say uh boomer movies i'd say probably uh the silent generation their films yeah the greatest generation the generation before they started naming generations mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> when did they start naming generations with the boomers <laughs> i couldn't start. tell you i know there's a silent generation i think there's a lost generation that's before that but uh i'm not a expert yeah, that might be the wwi generation not yeah. ii <laughs> dick miller <laughs> gremlins <laughs> WWII. All right. Anywho, first up in the 90s action series, we have True Lies. So let's get into True Lies. Kind of my pick. Yeah, it was a suggestion of yours, although to be fair, it was on my list. Perfect. But it was a list of like, you know, 20 action films from the 90s we could do. I mean, there's a lot we could do, but that was one I thought would be make for good fodder. As I I was saying earlier, I came with uh, about 10 different suggestions, and Eric said, you get three, but one of them is true lies. (laughs) (laughs) You said, well, I said that because you said you really wanted to do true lies when I didn't say, well, I I said it would be a good one to do. Yeah. (laughs) So peek behind the curtain. We know who wears the pants in this relationship. (laughs) Because uh, of Mulder's doing the editing, he gets wait, final so, say. So we're recording. We're uh, reviewing the movie. Well, I thought we were going to review the uh, the TV show, the 2023 TV series. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, that's why. I, that's why I signed up for Paramount Plus again. The one that got canceled already. <laughs> <laughs> what is the TV show even about? I don't even know what it's a. Is it a continuation or is it like a? I think it's a. a a modern rehash so you just you know how that goes yeah do they like gender swap it or anything i don't i don't think they do but i wouldn't be surprised if that was you know talked about in the in the in the in the room with the executives like we should do that and they're probably like now we can't but whatever but yeah the movie's great what we should be talking about is the movie this is based on the french film from 91 la totale never heard of it I didn't even know that that was the case. That it is. 1991 French comedy. Starring who? It stars. Thierry Lermite. I'm going to butcher these names, so let's deal with it. Uh, Mumu or Mew Mew. (laughs) Eddie Mitchell. You can say that one. Uh, Mikel Bohena. Boigna. I don't know. Yeah, those are like the four listed on uh, Wikipedia. But yeah, I would have never known. I don't even think that was mentioned at all on what I was reading. I, I think I read the Wikipedia page, but news to me. Learn something new. This was in the heyday of Arnold remaking European films because he did another one the next year with Junior. Remember that misstep? <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice in the credits that it was based upon a screenplay by whoever. Basically the same story. It is a real real deal remake. 
It was directed by James Cameron back when he was back when he was in the middle of raising the bar. Is this his last like real good movie? Uh well, how do you discount Titanic, Brett? Uh, because I don't like it. <laughs> it's uh, good. Yeah. It's good. Titanic's good, but like three and a half hours, no thanks. I'm good. <laughs> I don't mind long movies, but yeah, I don't. I haven't watched Titanic since. I guess I did see it on TV one time with a roommate back in about, I'd say about 11, 12 years ago. It's but, like a once every 20 years movie. Yeah. They brought it know. back to theaters last year. Mm. Darn. Go, Darn. Go see it. Darn. I've, I missed it. <laughs> that film's always going to have uh, a bit of a spot in my heart because that was the first time I saw tits on the big screen. <laughs> That's, That's the only other... time I saw it was in the theater during the original run. Mm. Kate Winslet, I don't even know why I, I went. I still I about... have a crush on Kate Winslet. I was about to ask, why did you go at your at your age at the time? <laughs> Dude, I don't even know. I, I think my mom wanted to go for some reason, and uh, she's like, do you want to go? And I, I don't have anything else to. Find. I was about <laughs> to say, it definitely sounded like your mom dragged you to it, so that makes sense. <laughs> Sorry, Brett, you said you were nine? I, I would have been ten. Ten? Because I was 12, but it's a, it's a PG 13 film, you know, educational, fun for the whole family. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it's very <laughs> realistic. <laughs> well, hey, the the movie is, uh, or no, wait, the, the, the sinking scene, I think, was very realistic in its uh, depiction of time. So I think it's the exact amount of time it took for it to sink or something. Two hours and 10 minutes. No, I just, I just made that up. Just made that There's up. some relation between the the runtime of the film and the the ship sinking, but anywho, yeah, True Lies is probably his last great one, unless you talk to Zolly. He's quite the fan of both avatars. Do you see they delayed the the next three? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Part five in 2031. Who's ready? <laughs> Don't worry, they'll, they'll get J.J. Abrams to ruin that one too. Even though it's <laughs> yeah. it's already uh, bad, but whatever. It's hard. The second one was so bad. I don't know how you could ruin it anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but it did just pop up on Max, the worst streamer. Oh, uh, it's on Disney Plus. I thought. Well, I'm sure it is, but it, it just came up on Max. So. Oh, I didn't know it was on both. It was like watching a three-hour video game cutscene where you never get to play. <laughs> I would say this is Arnold's last great movie. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's slowly downhill from here. No, that, that's um, a good point. I, I wrote um, that exact note. It is, no, is... <laughs> no, this is not Arnold's last great movie because in 1996 he did a movie called Jingle All the Way. All right. Well, <laughs> that's the a, greatest Christmas movie of all time. There's an exception to every rule. I'll, I'll give you that one. I, I thought you were going to say the. Uh, I'm looking at his IMDb. The, the 2015 WWE 22K16 Terminator commercial. <laughs> I know that, uh, that game. Jingle all the way is an Arnold movie. It's a Sinbad movie. <laughs> it's a we'll funny with, movie. We'll go with that. Phil Hartman carried it. Batman and Robin was great too. Come on. Ugh. But um, in terms of the Arnold actioner, 
in the in the 80s mold. This is the last great one. And it will sit your racer in 96. I do like that one. I think that's his last decent Arnold movie, Arnold action movie. Terminator 3 is in what, 02 or 03? Yeah, 03. I do enjoy it, but it's not it's not great. You gotta deal with Nick Stahl and just uh I haven't really seen much of uh, Arnold's stuff after this, um, other than Jingle All the Way and Batman and Robin. End of Days I saw. That was meh. Yeah, I never saw End of Days or Collateral Damage. Collateral Damage. Uh, like this movie I had on VHS as well. Mm. You, you, don't ever, you never have to watch it. It's not awful, but it's not even worth your two hours. You, you know, spend it elsewhere. Speaking of which, talk about having the VHS... This film hasn't really gotten a decent Blu-ray release. Why don't I own this? Why don't I own this? There's the VHS right here. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I have three younger brothers, so the uh, the cardboard case is go- is destroyed. So Ooh, might as well throw <laughs> out the tape too. I I, <laughs> I I was about to get the. Uh, I think there was a Blu-ray release in Spain. I was like, oh, yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get that. Like, I don't even know how to say it. I forget. Yeah, it's all but... region. It's it's ABC region, so it would play. I wonder if like, this, are the special features going to be in Spanish? Like, well, the thing is, I don't like the cover because it's you know Spanish language cover. So... Are the menus in Spanish? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I could I could find my way around it, but I, I almost bought the Blu-ray to watch it for this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, you you guys were almost that important. <laughs> well the uh yeah because it just went on prime at the beginning of june or was it in yeah the... yeah it was on peacock i think it went off of peacock at the end mm. of june and then uh it's on mgm plus and prime right now i think there's been rumblings that this film might get a, a blu-ray slash you know 4k release soon but well that was the the april fool's joke was that true lies got a 4k coming out yeah but I've it's, read some other it's been rumored words. for so many years. Yeah. And then people don't really know who to blame. It's probably Disney because they're fucking assholes. Um, uh, it's because it's, it's 20th Century Fox, right? They own right. that now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe they can cut a couple of slurs out and it'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. There's also been uh, rumblings that maybe James Cameron. Uh, Zolly mentioned something about James Cameron not really embracing physical media like he should. So it could be a James Cameron thing. I know he uh, delayed doing, was it, uh, was it a remaster or a commentary? I think it was a remaster for some, I think it was a 4K release of one of his other films. He just kept on delaying it, delaying it. He, you know, took him forever to get around to doing it. So I think it might be The Abyss. Okay. Maybe. I think that one just got a release date or something. Hey, you there's mean, that. You mean this? <laughs> yeah. Another VHS, huh? Yes. That's the uh, the other James Cameron. So it was this movie and The Abyss for me. I, I don't even I didn't know what Terminator Two was or Terminator One either. But mm. everyone says Terminator Two is the best '90s action movie, and uh, I would disagree. James mm. Cameron. I like this one better. I don't know. No, that's a it's a fine opinion to have. I do probably like Terminator Two a little more, but this is uh, True Lies is phenomenal. What, what can you say? Very good. So, as I said, uh, directed by James Cameron, also wrote the screenplay, you know, based on a screenplay by Claude Zidi. Um, also, S- Simone 
Michael or Mikkel, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as Harry, Harry Tasker. Jamie Lee Curtis plays his wife, Helen. Tom Arnold is Gibb. Bill Paxton plays Simon. Tia Carrere played Juno. This was, Tia Carrere was everything from about 92 to 94, for me at least. Ooh, would I love to jump on her bones. Mm. Wayne's World action. Wayne's World, Wayne's World 2, this, and, uh, you know, in later years I've seen, is it Zombie Nightmare? Something, there was, there was an MST3K uh, episode on a film that she was in. It's either like Werewolf or Zombie Nightmare, one of those two. She's in that. That was from about 88 or 89. They saw her in Easter Sunday. Oh, and yeah. uh, she she plays Joe Coy's uh, aunt. Oh, and really? I'm like, she looks real familiar. And I look in it, and it was Tia Carrere. Like, she's in her 60s now. So she's yeah. playing like the grandma role. She does not look good now. She went downhill. Well, you know. Well, it's been 30 years. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> she she's not in Brenda or uh in uh oh what's her name? Uh Bridget Fonda territory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean she's still booking movies. Yeah. Albeit she was just in, because uh, she's Filipino. Remember but, she was in uh, Curb, played Cha Cha? Yes. Richard's girlfriend. <laughs> What if his many girlfriends? <laughs> so I, I again on VHS grew up with her from uh, from the movie Call the Conqueror. You guys ever heard of that? I've heard of it, never never seen it. It's uh, it. it's a Kevin Sorbo actioner fantasy movie. It's, it's Minnesota pretty... legend Kevin Sorbo. Oh, you betcha, yeah, yeah. Hey, Kevin <laughs> Kevin Sorbo is awesome. Hercules, a legendary series, love that shit. But uh, she's in it as like the the ba- the main baddie and then there's thomas ian griffith is in it from karate kid 3 and it's a it's a robert e howard uh story so it's it's like you know standard fantasy kind of stuff mm-hmm. but again vhs's are coming back this episode for me you guys <laughs> you guys are like digging it. i had to go over to my dad's house and dig through some boxes I'm like all right i found it she was also in an episode of tales from the crypt which i probably saw even though I shouldn't have at that young age. But she was also in uh, Jury Duty, which I saw several times. And uh, High School High was about the last thing that I actually really remember seeing her in until, you know, the curb and whatnot. That was the end of her run, if you want to call it that. Even her run on curb was like in the first few seasons. It It was really early in the series. Yeah, it says 07 here, so... Had a big crush on Tia Career back in the day. Who else is in this film? We have Art Malik as Aziz, the main terrorist. Eliza Dushku, which probably bring up this talking point now. Uh, the probably the most troublesome aspect of this film is that uh, she claims she was uh, molested by the stunt coordinator. Have you guys uh, heard about this? No, I I did this week researching the film and okay. Yeah, I don't. What's his name? I forget. It starts with a J, I think. John or Joel or something like that. Uh, his name was Joel Kramer. She was twelve at the time making this, and so she, you know, she claims she was uh, molested 
And soon after that, an adult friend of hers confronted Kramer on set. And that same day, Dushku was injured during a stunt and several of her ribs were broken while Kramer was responsible for her safety at the time. So Kramer's denied accusations, but for what it's worth, all of her co-stars, you know, Arnold and Jamie Lee, Tom Arnold, Cameron, they've all uh, voiced their support for her. So it looks like, um, yeah, it's looking like a Joel Kramer's a, a real piece of shit. Allegedly, I should say that for legal purposes. But yeah, and then she broke her ribs? Like, that's pretty... I mean, she's 12 years old. I wonder what stunt it was on. Well, it had to be something with the airplane, right? The yeah. jet? Yeah. Maybe when she dropped down. But that's what, that's what I would guess. Yeah, scary. Which it's would probably... make sense. They probably filmed that towards the end of the film, and that probably gave him the time. If it actually happened, that gave him the time to, like, you know, do whatever he did. Yeah. Right. Tried to John Landis her or something. It was probably because she was uh, stealing money for drugs. <laughs> <laughs> what oh uh it was a that was a uh plot line in the movie that they never resolved oh <laughs> that's right yeah she's ripping you off <laughs> yeah, i knew right. it <laughs> i did forget about that <laughs> but yeah uh her i don't really remember her being in all that much i mean i remember her in jane silent bob strike back and not much else yeah, I remember. I remember she did a lot of TV in the like late '90s and early 2000s. I never saw but, Bring but It On, was, but I know that was popular. It was never anything I would watch. I just see commercials for it. Grant Heslov played Fasil. I think that'll do it for cast. Anybody else you guys want to shout out? Anybody else of note? Yeah, it's probably well Charlton Heston, of course. Oh. How can I yeah. forget? As Spencer Trilby. Which I don't think they mentioned his name in the dialogue at all. So I don't know why they called his name out, but I don't know why he's so far down in the cast list. And I don't know why he's wearing an eye patch. Right. <laughs> they want him to look like Nick Fury. That's why. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Nobody knows who Nick Fury is in 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Hassel no Hasselhoff's Nick Fury show or whatever. I don't, I'm not a comic book guy. You need Zalion to confirm this shit, but I'm pretty sure he had a show in the 90s, but I think it was after this movie. Dave, it's, called, Dave, it's called Baywatch. <laughs> that was before. <laughs> That's before my time as well. I, I never watched that except for like, you know, the Pamela Anderson clips on YouTube, of course. Mm. Baywatch used to be on all the time. Yeah. Most watched syndicated show ever. Used to watch it with my parents. It's fun for the whole family. <laughs> I would just throw it on in the afternoon because there's nothing else to do. Yeah, it was on right after school, all the, the reruns and whatnot. IMDb says Charles and Heston was uncredited, but he was definitely in the opening credits. Yeah, he definitely was. Okay. So somebody was doing some incorrect entries on IMDb. Well, maybe they didn't put him in the closing credits for some reason. Heston and his eye patch brings me to my next point. The Omega Sector... Like okay, I guess because this is based off of the the French. I mean, that's probably got to be the reason it's called the Omega Sector. But why, if they were remaking, why didn't they just you know say CIA or something? Yeah, I mean well, that's that's who they were trying to be, right? Like the the last line of defense. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, a, it's a super secret government uh, department that nobody knows about, so it can't be the CIA or the FBI. It's full of spooks, Brett. 
Well, I would never use that word. They they live. <laughs> I think Ben uh, left the the chat. Literally hide in a closet in another federal building. Oh, oh. no! Oh, you, <laughs> you just froze. I thought again. I thought you left after the spook joke. Uh oh, I'm not a spook. <laughs> now I was trying to say that they were uh, hiding in a closet. Literally, that's where the their office was. Was it the same offices they used in Heat? That all them glass doors. <clears throat> I got flashbacks of uh, Al Pacino yelling about a great ass. <laughs> <laughs> you got your head all the way up it. That, we're not talking about ten-year-old boy ass, right? <laughs> not yet. No, that's later. <laughs> oh gosh, he's got the most incredible body and a pair of titties make you want to stand up and beg for buttermilk. Ass like a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah, we can get into it, but first, of course, I got to read the synopsis. A fearless, globe-trotting terrorist battling secret agent has his life turned upside down when he discovers his wife might be having an affair with a used car salesman while terrorists smuggle nuclear warheads into the United States. My first note, this is basically the last major film with a Muslim terrorist. You could say the siege in 1998. That was kind of a bomb. But after this, it was no more Arabs, no more Middle Easterns, no more Muslims. Well, until 2002. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but nobody remembers those films. And you can't see United 93 or World Trade Center. (laughs) So (laughs) those aren't action films. So were there any before this is this came out in 94? Were there any before this that came out right after the first uh, Towers attack? Yeah, I mean, that was, what, 93? That, yeah. Uh, the bombing? Did, did anyone else jump on that train real quick? And like, God, I'm, I'm sure they did, but I forget who would have. I mean, the, yeah, they were our friends, you know, in the late 80s with Rambo 3 and whatnot. But even before then, it was a cliche in the 80s. Because of the you know hijackings and the Iran hostage situation, uh, I always find it a bit strange. And I love to live and die in L.A. The cold open starts with that. Have you seen uh, "To Live and Die in L.A."? Ben? It's been it's been a while, but yeah, it, it starts with you know he's uh, you know protecting the president detail basically, and there's a an Arab terrorist that is, is a suicide bomber. That he's going to try and kill the president, but he ends up just blowing himself up. But you know, it's just it has nothing to do with the rest of the film. It's just a, it's like a James Bond cold open. You know, what, just what another year? mission that he's on. Did that come out in like eighty five? Yeah, it was eighty five. So that's that's during the Reagan years. It's acceptable. Yeah, but you think it would be more so, you know, Russia and everything, you know. But yeah, there was plenty eighties films with Muslim Middle Eastern terrorists. But uh, it, it, it's funny, even watching it in True Lies, it seems out of place, almost like like they're getting away with something here. Like, oh, this is naughty that we're watching this, you know, because it's it's not acceptable these days. They were ahead of their time. The Crimson Jihad. <laughs> yeah. That would have been hot shit in 2003. Yeah, I mean, because I'm sure uh, if you asked people in Afghanistan, they were raising the Jihad versus Russia in the 80s. But we just didn't register it because they weren't waging a jihad against us. 
Um, I just don't think it's obviously it's not acceptable now. But yeah, it's it's one of the last. Well, it's cliche now. Uh, people are. It has. It's been too long since there's been a Muslim terror attack. So now it, it seems like it's passe. Well, it's just that the it was cliched at the time, even in nine in the mid nineties. Say so it seems like it was worn out by then, even. But well, now you would just have to have a movie about people driving into crowds. <laughs> I mean, we even had over the past seven eight years, we've. You know, there has been a couple of terrorist attacks in the U.S. with shootings, like the San Bernardino one specifically. I mean, there's also the the Pulse nightclub shooting, but not there hasn't been a whole lot. There's, you know there's what, been no bombs, so you know what caused those shootings? <laughs> Climate change, white supremacy, <laughs> every single one of them. Well, if you're looking through 2023 goggles. <laughs> That's what you're allowed to depict terrorists as now. <laughs> White supremacists. <laughs> There's been zero bombs that I could think of since 9-11. And the, I mean, they weren't technically a bomb. The, the, but, the, Boston, the Boston Marathon. Oh, yeah. Although, yeah, yeah that, w- that would be. I mean, they were Muslim and you could say it's jihadi related. So well, they made a movie about that. Yeah, they did. But that's like a a real life account like a, a mm-hmm. biographical movie kind of so right yeah it's uh not in vogue to if you're making a, a fictional narrative you can't put a middle eastern or muslim terrorist in the lead it's got to be some weird white guy with a goatee <laughs> or he's got to work for the government there you go or it can be a lot of white guys that are white supremacists with masks aka the batman they were uh, a bunch of crazy <laughs> well right they were they were the a bunch of QAnon people right basically yes, something like that <laughs> incels it was the it's, incels yeah they were incels the riddler he had three thousand followers on social media <laughs> he, had a, he had a huge reach I mean, if if you want a non-white terrorist in a movie, you have to have a guy who's very flamboyant and possibly closeted, closeted, and then uh, his dad who had to have been killed on a bridge in Brazil by uh, Dom Toretto and um, (laughs) (laughs) whatever the Rock's character's name is. Uh, Hobbs? Hobbs. Or is he Shaw? No, that's that's Jason Statham, right? Special Agent Hobbs. (laughs) Then, then you could have a Samoan pretending to be Brazilian and he could be a terrorist. All right. With uh, with True Lies, it opens with a fun set piece. We get to meet all the characters. We get to see Arnold in action. And we get to see Knife cut through styrofoam as he's coming out of the water. That is the, the <laughs> fakest looking ice I've seen in quite a while. It's got to be kind of cold, right? Come on. <laughs> But and then why why does he have a a knife to cut through the ice? Yeah, to cut through. Uh, if you tried cutting, I don't know, I'm even Rambo's knife. I I got to imagine would have trouble cutting through. The ice was ice. already broken. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he had his uh, tuxedo under his wetsuit and it's like completely dry and he's just like perfect. What's well, a wetsuit, Brett? 
It's the purpose. He, he very carefully took it off so as not to get his tuxedo wet in the process. And his hair is immaculate, is it not? You got to put some cologne on to make sure you got that uh, <laughs> lake stink off of him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got. Uh, See, so yeah, we got this op, this covert op, as Bill Paxton would put it. Gib, that's Tom Arnold's character. He's in the truck with uh, Fasil. God, that was another cliche thing in the '90s, having a bunch of these uh, kind of nerdy white guys in the van listening yeah. in. Like Enemy of the State, you know, that Jack Black and God, who else was in there? That all these character actors, like the Facile, I recognize him from several 90s things. I can't point him out right now, but he was in plenty of those types of roles, basically. But yeah, there's always some uh, some nerdy white guys in the van with some comedic relief. Yeah, they're in such a covert operation. He's taking a piss out, <laughs> out in the snow. <laughs> well, he's supposed to be like ready to hack, you know, whatever. Right. Thing he's Harry he's the guy him. who probably made it so icy later on when Tom Hartle was. Trying. <laughs> <laughs> and if you noticed, he must be the most dehydrated special agent ever. because the, the, the piss was yellow as a school bus. It was like, come on, man, drink some more water. Uh, Speaking of enemy of the state, Facile was in enemy of the state. Okay. <laughs> That's right. No problem. <laughs> Probably him and Jack Black in the van. Sneakers was another one where they had uh, lots of people in the van creating com- comedic relief. I will say Tom Arnold gets a lot of shit, but he, he's really good in this movie. This is a good period for this. was his only good period because it went downhill real fast. After, he had a string of good movies in the this. 90s. A lot, of, a lot of family movies he did that are pretty good. Yeah, I hear he's in the new FUBAR series on Netflix. Makes an appearance. Yeah, I want to be watching that. <laughs> I wonder if uh, him and Roseanne are still together, or you know, <laughs> did they go their separate ways after their uh, political differences? They've been split since the nineties. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But uh... well, one of them ran out of coke, and the other one is like, "Peace." <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure it was coke? <laughs> there's some. There's some biggins there that uh, I don't think they'd be. Uh... Typical cocaine users. <laughs> Them and Chris Farley. It's not working. Speaking of which, Chris Farley had a great, uh, he did a great Tom Arnold impression on SNL. It was like that interview, they parodied that interview that him and Roseanne did doing damage control for their crazy lives. Yeah, I don't remember that. It's great. Is that Seek after she did the national anthem? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> but it was before... Tom Arnold found that audio of Trump using the N-word. <laughs> there was some uh, documentary recently about Tom Arnold's sister. What about her? She was like a crook, some kind of thief or a drug dealer or something. I can't remember what it was called, though. It was like a year or two ago. A dealer to the stars through her brother or what? No, I can't. I can't remember what it was, but it was it was something. She was like a really infamous uh, criminal. Well, there was a reality series that Tom Arnold was in, right? Was it even more than one season where he was in search of the Trump tapes or something? <laughs> Apparently, it was four episodes. Oh yeah, the the hunt for the Trump tapes. Four <laughs> episodes. Uh, uh, so Arnold is mingling about the the party. 
meets Tia Carrere, who's an expert in uh, was it Iranian art? Yeah, Persian. Persian, sorry. Persian. I I found that uh, it's a mini series. It's called Queen of Math. <laughs> <laughs> so is Tom Arnold the king? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably the number one uh, customer. customer. You're my number, number one, one customer. customer. <laughs> You'll play that clip. I gotta find the the jingle all the way episode to pull that clip. <laughs> yeah, apparently his sister Lori Arnold was uh, one of the most infamous drug dealers in America. Hmm. No idea. Down in Iowa, who would have thought that Iowa would have a meth problem? Well, that's where he's from, Iowa. Everybody, Tom Arnold, and then that's who he uh, came to prominence up here in the Twin Cities. He worked the comedy club circuit up here. He basically made it big. Because obviously, I mean, 80s was big for comedy clubs throughout the whole country. But there was a a couple of comedians, a couple of famous ones made it up through Minneapolis, St. Paul. With Tom Arnold and uh, Louis Anderson. I don't think there's somebody else. But most people went to other places, but he's in Iowa. I guess I'm not sure why he didn't just go to Chicago, but... Well, he was here his, for a while. His career really kicked off when he married Roseanne, and then he got all them nepotism roles. <laughs> well, he was a writer on the show, right? So he got his start, and then he I don't remember. started diddling Roseanne, and <laughs> the rest is history. He couldn't resist. How could you? I don't know, man. Powerful <laughs> woman. Power is sexy. <laughs> so let me get anyway. to some tangoing. Arnold Tangles with Tia Carrere. Juno Skinner is her name. It's a, it's a real uh, Filipino name. <laughs> Can tell that she was cast. She was a colorblind casting. Of course. <laughs> James Cameron woke before woke was fashionable. <laughs> Who was the, the target of this mission in the beginning? It's some, um, uh, what's his name? A billionaire. Why are billionaires also short? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember his name, but I assume it was like Colette or something like that. Yeah, Khaled. Khaled. Oh yeah. Okay. Where does he fit into the plot? Because T Carrera is smuggling these nukes through her art, right? He was like the finance guy. I yeah, think. he's he's just giving him money. But he he's the guy who had the computer that had all the information on the people involved that they could easily extract somehow by plugging something into the computer for 10 minutes it's like a terrorist knock list pretty much yeah <laughs> there's always one of those this is two years before mission impossible so they were ahead of the curve it's such a cliche the movie wrath of becky which came out less than a month ago had the same fucking plot point in it <laughs> <laughs> so did skyfall it's a terrible movie don't see it anyways so Arnold is found out. Well, he's going to walk out the front door. He's not yeah. found out until somebody asked him on his way out to see his invitation. Mm-hmm. So he sets off a bomb that he planted earlier. Yeah, one of the guards had found the big hole that he cut through the ice. <laughs> it was so he, suspicious. He's a he's a big guy. It can't be a small hole. <laughs> Do you believe his cover? He's an art dealer. <laughs> He's a yoked art dealer. <laughs> he speaks French, Arabic, and whatever else. 
It takes all kinds. Probably speaks Farsi. <laughs> That's the Iranian language, isn't it? Yes. I think so. He starts sprinting out of there. And I found it very distracting, the stunt double that they used to run down the hill. Because Arnold couldn't be trusted to run down a snowy hill. Heaven forbid he slips and, I don't know, tears his ACL or something. Well, he doesn't run, period. <laughs> You're right. He doesn't. Uh, and running, when he does, it's not Running's for girly man. <laughs> no cardio. <laughs> but it's pretty distracting that, uh, yeah, that stuntman running down. Because the, there's like four or five shots I of him just running down this. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I guess I wasn't paying close enough attention, but oh yeah, he doesn't look the same at all, and he's like <laughs> easily six six inches shorter. I mean, yeah, he's... and he's six six inches wider because he's a, <laughs> a bit of a chub. He's probably <laughs> wearing a padded uh, winter coat because it's so cold out. <laughs> I did like when they released the dogs on him, and he he did the old double noggin knocker like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <Yeah>. Stay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he dispatches of most of the guards and they make their getaway after Tarmarnell slips and slides his way down the down the mountain or the hill or wherever they're at. Um, anything else of note from that opening scene? He kills a lot of people uh, on his way down the hill. Mm-hmm. So then he makes it home. Tom Arnold is also kind of basically his handler, you know, like his assistant. He has all his, his passports that so he needs to switch in and out, license and whatnot. He's his prepper. He's his fluffer. He gets them ready. Souvenirs for the kids. <laughs> yeah, that shitty souvenir snow globe for his daughter. Who throws it in the garbage immediately. Jamie Lee, still looking good here. This is as good as it gets with Jamie, I think. It was all downhill after this. She can look good if she wants to. Mm-hmm. So we find out later. This is my introduction. This movie was my introduction to like Jamie Lee Curtis. And then uh, I went backwards to Trading Places. Uh, have you guys seen that one? Oh, of course. Sure. Yeah. So it's like, there's the two best ones. And then maybe that, what's the one where she's dancing like in some aerobic outfit, very scantily clad? Not sure if it's I've a seen fa- that. No one's seen the movie, but everyone's seen the, the YouTube clip of her dancing with like, you know, basically a thong on. I forget. I've never seen it, but She was yeah. in a lot of random stuff in the late 80s. They made her look pretty in the first act of the movie. She's pretty uh, nerdy looking. She doesn't mm-hmm. look like she's, you know, yeah, right, got that body, but she does. <laughs> and she had that '90s short haircut. Yeah, a little bob. Mm-hmm. Well, she had that oh, for a long time, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah that was she... kind of her signature. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I had uh, pretty vivid memories of watching this as a young nine-year-old Eric. We rented it. On VHS, of course. And uh, I don't remember my parents maybe leave the room, <laughs> as they would often do if they suspected that nudity was about to be displayed on screen. She had clothes on. <laughs> so I watched a lot of R-rated films, but most of them were the TV edits. So they never had to worry about seeing nudity or hearing a lot of F-bombs. Remember the first R-rated film I saw in the theater was Die Hard with a Vengeance, which is the year after this. So when I would have been eight years old when this came out, True Lies, 94. Nine years old for Die Hard with a Vengeance. And then I think the next one was probably Lethal Weapon 4. Because it was few and far in between until I kind of 
became of age. But yeah, if uh, and there's no nudity, sadly, but if they had seen it before, like, okay, Caddyshack or Trading Places, like they knew there was going to be nudity coming up. They mm-hmm. get me out of the room, sex scenes and whatnot. But yeah, I uh, I missed this, missed her dance the first time around. But because, the, the, you know, in the TV edits, they would, of course, keep it in because there's no nudity. So I was able to see it a year or two later. And it's partly played for laughs, too. So, yeah, yeah. And then you came back and you missed like what two minutes of the movie and you completely didn't know what happened. You're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would often do that. What happened? What? <laughs> that transition's pretty, pretty stark. I mean, there's mm-hmm. especially being a kind of a young dumb kid. I remember watching Last Crusade on VHS in about '91, I'd say, maybe '92, probably '91. I was about five. They made me leave the room. Towards the end, in the, in the at the end of the temple, and they have to pass all the tests. The first one is uh, those what do you call them? Those blades that come out of the wall and d- decapitates one of those people. Yeah, remember they made me leave the room because they they figured something was rotten in Denmark, and so like I came back to the room and like what happened? And like well one of them died. And I was like well which guy? <laughs> Who's he? Who's that? Like, it doesn't matter. Just, just watch. <laughs> Asking all these questions. Who was this guy? He was a throwaway. Who cares? He didn't even have a name. Five-year-old Eric did not grasp the concept of ancillary <laughs> characters. I just saw that today. They literally go, the guy's head rolls down the stairs and they literally go, I need another volunteer. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Arnold has a, a nice nerdy home life. Seems like uh, there's not a lot of excitement in the bedroom. It's a what computer software salesman, something like that. She works at a law office. Yeah, just regular computer salesman. But okay, he's very excited about the new the new line, <laughs> the new model. It's it's great. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> You're my number one customer. Arnold or uh, Tom Arnold comes in, and he's always. I don't know. He seems like he's a little too familiar with the family. He doesn't have a family of his own. He's been divorced three times, no kids, living with his ex and her boyfriend. He's like, you know, the the uncle, family friend uncle. And uh, he sets up that hidden camera that he has in the pack of cigarettes. And that's how Arnold was able to see his daughter steal money out of Tom Arnold's coat. Would you let your 14-year-old daughter ride on a motorcycle? With his her boyfriend. Did they say she was fourteen? Yeah. So, so she was okay. actually twelve when they right. when they right. filmed, but she was fourteen in the movie. But still, okay. that's pretty young to be on a motorcycle. Yeah. Like, well, she was wearing a helmet, so she had go. her own helmet. So I mean, it, <laughs> it was a regular thing. They didn't they didn't introduce the the kid who was driving it at all. But yeah, that's a little shady. Like uh, he's going to be at least two years older than her, older than her. Mm-hmm. If not more. Where do we go to next? Do they go to the office? Yep. And uh, Charlton Heston is not impressed with the, the clusterfuck they had the night before. He's not happy with all the collateral damage, right? But it was in, what, weren't they in? Uh... Switzerland. They're yeah, in Switzerland. Switzerland. Okay. Creating so... an international incident. <laughs> this is where they revealed it. Uh call it a transfer two million dollars to juno skinner 
Yeah, I was thinking two million. That's that's not a whole lot. Uh, and then coincidentally, Juno, who's got a, an office based in Rome, also has an office in that city where they're currently in, and she is at that office right now. So Harry can go and visit her. She was there the next day, apparently, or whatever Monday or. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's they're, right. They're in they're in DC. So yeah. I think they, they just got that shipment of her, that Persian art in or whatever. It's like they both took the same flight back home. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But she was in coach and he was in first. Nobody at the party survived to tell anybody that Harry <laughs> was the one that blew up the building. Dead men tell no tales, Brett. There was a lot of after the party. There and there was an explosion. Of- they had a lot of snowmobiles and skis and white uh, winter coats uh, and people ready to to ride them down the hill. So yeah, is the next scene at the her art place of business? Yep. The only thing I have here is that uh, Juno gets slapped. I, we eventually find out that that was Aziz who slapped her a couple times. Right before that, though, when Harry's talking to her he's like oh that's a nice piece and they like continue walking like that was really that was a lot of detail harry like why is it nice like you're supposed to be an art dealer but whatever well that's his that's his shtick just going up to random people and saying hey nice to see you it's been a while and then he just walks away one thing i forgot to mention i guess this is at the party but uh how did you guys watch this did you watch it on prime no, I, I recorded it off of MGM Plus and I watched it off my DVR. Okay, what about you, Ben? I watched the copy that I had. <laughs> VHS? No, 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 no. A different copy. Okay, so one that's... Uh, I'm assuming it was a DVD copy. Pirate Bay or something? No. <laughs> <laughs> From Get a Hint, Mulder. <laughs> the reason I ask is because when Arnold is sneaking around, and that guy sees him, that one of the guards, and he says, uh, "Where's the John?" But it's in. He says it in Arabic. Perfect Arabic. Yeah, yes. okay. That's what I wrote with parentheses. Perfect Arabic. I'm like, is that a thing that was just on Prime, or is that on the cut? Everyone's that's seen? embedded everywhere. But that's, a, that's the joke because he uses slang to say that he's gonna go take a wicked whiz or whatever he fucking says. <laughs> But when he's talking to the French chef, he's like, hey, this shit fucking sucks. Like, throw it out to the dog or something. Like that. <laughs> That's not perfect French. I don't know if I've seen that outside of, like, to give context to a subtitle. They do, I think, a little bit in Glorious Bastards, where they'll start doing sub. It's a little different. They'll do sub, like, uh, it's almost like they're, they're trying, you know, they make the joke in Glorious Bastards about, you know, is there any other language besides English that Americans speak? And there's a lot of subtitles. There's four different languages spoken, I think, in Glorious Bastards. And and eventually, when they're speaking a lot of French, we, you know, translates to yes, but they stop translating to yes, and they, they'll put we, O-U-I, in the subtitles. Almost like it's trying to teach you the language. So that's like the only other thing I can kind of think of where it's like like a, a subtitle that provides context to the subtitle. But Well, Cameron should have done that here because I really want to know how to say John <laughs> in Arabic. <laughs> I, I think some spoof movies do it. Like, I don't know if Airplane does it with the jive talking. Well, um, yeah, they'd provide, or, you know, subtitles for, or like, for well, the Well, like jive. other comedies will do stuff like that where it's like, 
they'll put a joke in the subtitles kind of um in that austin powers the, the third one where we had movie drone translate the cockney right the english english <laughs> they had subtitles for that although the subtitles did not didn't tell the whole story <laughs> to yeah. what they were saying I just want to make sure that wasn't just like a a prime video thing but yeah i can't think of any other examples of that in film really i think he used he they use subtitles a few other times but it's uh they don't say perfect any like perfect arabic or again right right I, like i said i think that was just an intentional joke because he was using really heavy duty slang <laughs> that that you wouldn't use in a foreign language but apparently he knows how to say it in arabic perfectly speaking of slang i know it's jumping a bit ahead but when arnold leaves uh aziz comes in right and kind of berates tia career yeah assaults her <laughs> yeah slaps her up a few bit a few times he yells shirmuta which is bitch i think they they say that in trans in the subtitles bitch or whatever maybe they don't but either way it elicited a big laugh for my wife She's Ethiopian, and she speaks Amharic. And Shemuta means bitch in Amharic as well. <laughs> She's like, oh, I know what he's saying. <laughs> Isn't that like easily a thousand or fifteen hundred miles from each other? Like it's pretty. Yeah, there's. It's one of those things where it's like they share a few words. You know, makes sense though, especially slang. But yeah, I, I guess I'm not sure how far it is. It might not even be that far. Ethiopia is right on right on the horn there of Africa, and it's not too far to like Saudi Arabia. Anywho, it's a universal word almost. Shermuta. <laughs> Where do we go from here? It's basically so in that scene though. Before you move on, like sure. how does he know that the guys are like staking them out? He's just like, yeah, they're staking us out. Like you stupid bitch. Like that's how we get to the next part of the movie. Yeah, because uh, Aziz, he's not shown or seen at the the party in the beginning is he i don't remember seeing him there no doesn't make any think so maybe you just saw this six foot six 260 pound behemoth in a tuxedo walk in and was like what the who the fuck is that six foot six you're generous as john grace would say probably about five (laughs) ten now he is tall i know john's that he knows his arnold IMDb says 6'2", okay, but that, so I, think I don't know if that's two, like peak Arnold 6'2", or that's like modern Arnold 6'2". Yeah, I, I bet you modern, modern Arnold is a bit shorter. Definitely dropped a few inches over the years. <laughs> Probably just from slouching because he's such a... Fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? Opposite of Chad. <laughs> Beta. Cuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. He's such a fucking cuck these days. <laughs> thought there was another like a name almost you know like karen is synonymous with so many memes these days but there's another name maybe anywho i can't think of it but you're talking about the head of action at netflix by the way yeah the ceo of action i did start to watch the documentary series it's three episodes three uh hour each so three hours It's, it's been fine so far he hasn't been annoying me i've seen about a half hour of it Wait till he starts talking about how there's no heaven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, and I'm I'm sure in the third episode, he might, I don't know. 
if he if he keeps politics out of it, then sure. But he's one he's one of those rhinos. But uh, anywho, uh, where do we get to next? Well, they get followed to the mall. They go in the mall bathroom. Regrettably, not the Sherman Oaks Galleria. No, not the Mall of America either. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't grace the Mall of America for another two years. And then he would teleport from one floor to another. It was just like <laughs> magic. That was at the same time he was teleporting in his uh, maid. Because <laughs> that was wherever we figured it out. That was about the year that uh, Joey, is it Joey Baina is his name? An illegitimate know. child. That's about when he was conceived. <laughs> right around the filming of Jingle All the Way. It was a warm winter in the state of Minnesota in 1995. <laughs> or a warm <laughs> spring, if you will. For some reason, there Minneapolis has motorcycle cops <laughs> during the winter. Do they get hazard pay? <laughs> they should. <laughs> they don't even get a day off when their fucking hands get blown up. Uh, their faces are full of soot from mail bombs looks like blackface just real quick mail bombs relevant to today with the unabomber dying a couple of days ago gone but not forgotten by suicide allegedly yeah allegedly well i mean he was 81 i'm sure he was done he's like i've had enough i don't don't know why he waited so long (laughs) You couldn't take it any longer. <laughs> uh, Anyways, there's a there's a fight in the bathroom. It's a pretty good fight. Shootout. I thought, according to Arnie, there wasn't any more bathroom. Like, <laughs> there is no bathroom. That's kindergarten cop, right? <laughs> so, so why the hell do you take it like a a two minute long piss? Like, what are you doing? Well, you know, he's just he's playing possum. He's just lying in wait. Feel bad for the guy sitting on the the toilet in the stall. <laughs> he's just I'm just trying to shit in peace. Okay, so like the in the early aughts to mid aughts, there was always those ugly ass gaudy Oakley sunglasses that everyone had. Not everyone, but you know, well, the, that was the uh, the camera output, right? So like he had the ni- like the early nineties version of that. These really nasty looking sunglasses, very dated sunglasses. The Ray Charles. Yeah, and he's wearing them at night inside. <laughs> he's in the bathroom just watching the camera, of course. Doing a little shake, you know, bouncing just up and down. Playing. You know. <laughs> just playing with himself. <laughs> what is it? More than more than two shakes is <laughs> masturbation or something. What's that? Is that from a movie or something? <laughs> Whistling Dixie or something too. Yeah. <laughs> My internet is 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 killing me today. But he said he was whistle. I, I said he was whistling Dixie because he just kept whistling for like the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he certainly was. Uh, and then as the gunman raises the pistol to his head, Arnold dekes out of it and uh, subdues him. And a big fight ensues, and uh, he dispatches of two henchmen, if you or two terrorists, pretty quickly before Aziz. It seems like Aziz is just like. You know what? I don't think those other guys are going to get the job done. I'm going to, because he's sitting in the car waiting. And then he's just, I don't, do you think he notices Tom Arnold? Well, they're following them. But does he know Tom Arnold's in the vehicle? Did he see him get in? I, I maybe. 
I think he knew he was there. Yeah. Because okay. Harry was in the, the passenger side the whole time. Right. So he knows there's a driver. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. Aziz gets on a motorcycle, drives away. Just a ridiculous car chase here. Or, well, chase scene in general, because Arnold gets on a police horse. James Cameron definitely knows how to uh, make a set piece. Impressive action set pieces are his M.O. And uh, this one's a, a bit of a fun one, going through the hotel, the motorcycle, and the horse. <laughs> that Arnold, he... <laughs> so so that cop that he basically bucks off the horse could have just been paralyzed. He could, it was a Christopher Reeve fall, if I've ever seen one. And he's just like a federal officer in, in pursuit of a suspect. So go fuck yourself. He's got a radio. If his <laughs> arms work. <laughs> and he, I mean, he's brandishing a gun. I don't you know, know if his arms work, but. He didn't flash any. Uh, he didn't have an Omega Sector badge that I saw. <laughs> but I mean, if the cop needs help, he can radio for backup. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, provided they, his arms work. You get into it. It's the Marriott, right? A very nice Marriott. And uh, they're going through the lobby, whatnot, up the elevators. Uh, Aziz takes a hostage in the elevator. Yeah, that was ridiculous. They just ride the motorcycle into one elevator and a horse into the other. <laughs> and then the horse is like farting or something on those old people. <laughs> fine animal. A fine animal. <laughs> Sorry. You know, Arnold, I mean, this is been pointed out countless times but arnold just he just doubles the syllables of every word if if any word has one syllable he makes it two and it's just i don't know i think that's the main reason his his speech is so fun my my wife loves art watching arnold movies especially when he gets angry starts yelling when he gets flustered she finds it just fucking hilarious she must love jingle all the way yeah, she's a she's a fan. She loves True Lies, and probably Total Recall. I think is her favorite, which it probably should be because that's probably his best. But in Total Recall, there's so many scenes of him <laughs> when he's getting you know his memory erased and whatnot. But she loves the the accent and the the struggle that he has to speak English. He's been speaking it so long. I mean, obviously he's going to have an accent, but it's just, he makes syllables just pop out of thin air. He just makes them up. Do you think it's put on? Like, he's just like, he's going in on it. He's like, yeah, this is this will work out. <laughs> I, I really don't know. I, I guess I don't doubt that he has that, uh, you know, he, he does think highly of himself. You know, anything that I do is going to work, right? Unless you've been looking at Twitter this past week and there's been that article circulating about him calling up James Cameron, basically crying about last action hero bombing. <laughs> James Cameron's like, I, I think it really shook him. Really shook him. That was uh, one year before True Lies. So it was good that True Lies was a hit. Yeah. Because his decline could have started earlier. I think Eraser was meh. I don't think it wasn't a bomb, but it wasn't, obviously it wasn't a big hit. But yeah. Like we said, True Lies is the last great Arnold film. Jingle All the Way does not count. We've established that that's a Sinbad film <laughs> that is carried by Phil Hartman. And that movie didn't cost $100 million, like this one. I don't know. You sure? <laughs> I mean, Sinbad's salary cost $90 million. 
Minnesota was such a horror for the the cinema industry in the in the nineties. I'm sure it was pretty cheap. It was filmed there. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, that's why we love it. That's one of the reasons we love it so much. That that I'm about to say. That's why you guys like that. Okay. It's all (laughs) adding up. He's at Mall of America and he's flying around the Minneapolis skyscrapers. Going to Mickey's Diner. Mickey's Diner in St. Paul. He's cool. he's going between Minneapolis and St. Paul. He's teleporting back and going forth. Two blocks up on Wabasha to the <laughs> KQRS station. That's one of those movies I always caught on TV and never saw like all the way through once. So, well, gotta go, a, you got to go back. Yeah, now I'm going to have to do it. It's hilarious. It's a great movie. And then you can listen to our episode on it and find all the information you didn't know you needed on uh, Mall of America. It's history and pasta mania. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's pasta restaurant that used to. That's, that's be still there. probably my favorite episode of WTM. <laughs> this is the Jingle All the Way episode. All right. Well, then I'll watch it. All right. I'll listen to it. I'll watch it, then listen to the episode. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Zeus. You're challenged by Zeus. Yes. A challenge. Uh, so where are we at now? They get up to the roof of the hotel and he jumps across six lanes of traffic to a rooftop pool across the street on his motorcycle. Aziz does. He defies physics. <laughs> I don't know how he does. He goes through like a the 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 little barrier at the end of the the, the roof. Yep, the glass and, uh, the the glass railing or whatever. Yeah. Well, they're in LA, right? No, they're in D- DC. DC. DC, sorry. I've never been to DC, but I've been to Chicago when I was there. I remember just being in the John Hancock building, which is just a few floors shorter than the Sears Tower. So you get a good vantage point. There's an observation deck, there's a restaurant at the top floor, or the second to top floor. So you get a good view. And I was stunned by how many of the buildings had pools on the roof. But then I just kind of thought, well, I'm sure a lot of them were just all residential buildings. Part of this is in the late aughts, so it wasn't like a, this isn't a new trend. This is an 07. And it was, I saw so many pools on top of buildings, skyscrapers, 20, 30, 40, 50 story buildings, so many pools that I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. In DC, I'm sure there's a bunch of them, but in uh, Minneapolis, we don't have as many skyscrapers. <laughs> well, we have some rooftop pools, but not too many, I'm sure. So I'm sure uh, some of the stuff was filmed in LA for this movie. And I'm, I mean, I'm from the area. I'm, I live in Maryland, and I don't think in DC there's that many skyscrapers. So, sure, it's probably uh, fair to say this was filmed in LA, actually. But, well, if if you pay attention during Fargo as they're entering Minneapolis, and Steve Buscemi says, "Yeah, ever been to Minneapolis?" Peter Stormare is just not contributing one iota to the conversation and he's pissing off Buscemi and he <laughs> Buscemi just for no reason just offers up the you know, that's the IDS building it's the tallest building in the Midwest outside of Sears Tower John Hancock because it kind of trails <laughs> off but I guess the IDS building is the tallest building outside of those two buildings that talked about in Chicago I guess that makes sense but it just it doesn't seem like it because you if you compare it, I think if you go on Wikipedia to the IDS building, it's it maybe cracks the top 50 
tallest buildings in the country. Maybe, maybe like 48, but I bet you it's probably out of the top 50. Now you go to New York or LA, there's dozens and dozens of buildings that are taller. Right. And so like to us, I mean, it's obviously it's tall to us, blah, blah, blah. But you know, we have a, I don't know if we have a bit of a complex, but we kind of, it's generally accepted in Minnesota that all of our buildings aren't shit because you go to other cities, they got great big skylines with tall skyscrapers. But I guess in the Midwest, we're we're uh, we're third place <laughs> in the Midwest. But yeah, you go to, uh, I would assume, like you just said, DC doesn't have many, but you know, I haven't been to DC and I would think that they do. But so you're saying they don't? Not not in the downtown area by like the, the national mall and all that like it's all five six story buildings or, or less i would guess you know minnesota flyover country we always have the like a napoleon complex you know we want to be bigger than we are but of course we have the benefit of having two cities next together the twin cities so it makes our metropolitan area like the 16th biggest in the country which is still not very big it's like 16. <laughs> well, we also have the streets of St. Paul were designed by drunken Irishmen. <laughs> Let's not start talking about Jesse because we'll, <laughs> we won't finish this episode. Jesse Ventura, that was a line he said on uh, Letterman. As the governor. When he was governor, he said that the streets of St. Paul were designed by drunken Irishmen. <laughs> He's probably not wrong. <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's all coming full circle because I now I'm realizing you guys are Jesse Ventura and you. Yeah, it makes sense. You guys sound alike, same dialect. All right. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, Let's just talk about Minnesota for the rest of the. But you haven't been listening long enough, I guess, to <laughs> hear all of our annoying diatribes about Minnesota connections and stuff. You have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. But yeah, he's a Minnesota born and bred, a governor, and blah, blah, blah. So does that mean you're going to do Predator? You're going to cover Predator? Oh, that's not 90s. We, so never we've mind. done Predator. We did Predator a few years ago. Did we? We did Commando. Yeah. We did Commando. We definitely did Predator. I'm okay. sure we did Predator. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm almost done with my double martini, so that's that's why I don't recollect. We're not even like a quarter of the way through this movie, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long movie, by the way. It's like, it is. It's abnormally long for an action film. Yeah, especially for the time. I mean, nowadays it seems like it's commonplace, but not not for a James Cameron action film. Let's <laughs> let's clarify that. Yeah, I mean Terminator Two. That's about two hours and twenty ish minutes. Yeah, and then there's the uh, extended cut, which is like another half hour, or twenty <laughs> minutes longer, or whatever. But uh, I guess I can bring a little break in the action here. This is our first clip because, as you said, he uh, speeds his motorcycle off the roof onto the pool of the adjacent building. He jumped over six lanes of traffic. <laughs> it, was, it was like jumping over the Grand Canyon almost. Yeah. And Arnold <laughs> thinks he's going to do the same with a horse. Like he's uh, <laughs> fucking wild hearts can't be broken or some shit. The, the horse stopped short. <laughs> and, you seen uh, that? Seen wild hearts can't be broken? I've not. No. Who was the girl in that? I forget. Was that uh, Jennifer Connelly or some shit? It's a story about this, uh, it takes place in, I want to say like maybe the 40s, part of like a carnival act. This woman rides a horse off of a high dive into a pool. That's like the stunt. She does it everywhere. And one of the times like her, basically her eyes, her face hits the water like a belly flop, but it ruins her eyes and she's blind. 
So then she's like, does it again with the horse blind. So she's just jumping this horse off of a high dive into a pool for carnival goers. Gabriel Anwar. That's the, I thought it was like somebody I knew. Directed huh. by Steve Miner. Oh, of course. The lovely Steve Miner. He doesn't make trash. God watch Wild Arts Can't Be Broken. That was one of those stupid movies they'd show you in school. <laughs> in elementary school and whatnot. Because she's so courageous. I was like, why the fuck is she jumping this horse off of a high dive into a fucking pool? He also direct, he directed the movie Big Bully starring Tom Arnold set in the <laughs> state of Minnesota. Of course. Not shot here, though. That had to be a hit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's on Prime right now. Well, we'll I think out. it's on Prime, yeah. He also did Soul Man. Oof. He did do Soul Man? We mentioned that last episode. That's yeah. Soul Man is not good. But he did uh, one of the best Friday the 13th. So Yeah, he did part two and part three of Friday the 13th, which are two of the good ones. Yeah. House, Warlock. The house is good. Warlock. So yeah, this is our first clip. This is Arnold thinks he's gonna jump the divide with his horse, and uh, that does not work out that way. As he's he, he attempts, but the horse says no dice and throws him off the side of the building, and he's hanging on by the uh, by the reins. By the reins, thank you. Let's try to break the horse's neck. <laughs> okay, back up. Come on. Good horse. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back now. Come on. Yeah, that's teamwork now. Uh, keep pulling. Come on. Uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Atta boy. What the hell were you thinking? I mean, I had the guy and you let him get away. Look at me when I talk to you. What kind of a cop are you anyway? You, uh, like he puts different <laughs> sounds and syllables and words that do not call for it. <laughs> <laughs> that scene made me laugh. That, that whole scene was ridiculous. Yeah. A very entertaining set piece. Where do we go from here? Well, he missed his birthday dinner because he was chasing Aziz through the hotel. I, I wrote that note down. That he, <laughs> we got to bring up Jing all the way again. He's making all these stupid promises, these lousy promises <laughs> that he never. Of I get, of course I'll be home by eight. <laughs> I promise I'll be home by eight. Not slinging mattresses until I fucking promise. ten o'clock. <laughs> what belt did he miss? <laughs> purple. He missed purple. <laughs> for some reason his wife helen is just at the what is it like 11 o'clock or something she's asleep she's at giving the him table. a guilt trip she's giving him a guilt trip she stayed up until he came home let the candles burn out on his birthday cake thanks for the thanks for the party <laughs> <laughs> yeah they went all out got the cake and everything and the the daughter had <laughs> She had left long before then, gone to bed or whatever. Probably to do drugs. Mm-hmm. With her That's what you think money. it was, huh? It was drugs? I don't know. It could have been a lot of things. She could have been dating a loser. She needed that for gas money for the motorcycle <laughs> or something. 
I think the next one is our next clip. They go back to the office and they get briefed on the Crimson Jihad. And one thing I wanted to point out, I don't know why anybody didn't pull Charlton Heston aside and say something like, you got to do something about those eyebrows, dude. Just clip them a little bit, <laughs> like make them presentable. You must be worried about vanity. You're wearing a fucking eye patch for fuck's sake. Let's let's go. He's, he's a real man and he, he doesn't do manscaping. <laughs> That's him. Okay, pause it right there. Salim Abu Aziz. This guy's really hardcore, highly fanatical. The man's a real psycho. He's been linked to dozens and dozens of car bombings. Hey, you know that cafe bomb in Rome last year? That was his. As well as the 727 out of Lisbon. This guy's a major player. Now he's formed his own splinter faction called Crimson Jihad. Yeah, I guess he thought the other terrorist groups were a little too warm and fuzzy for his taste. They call him the Sand Spider. Why? Probably because it sounds scary. Mm. Well, this is impressive, gentlemen. Of course, it would be even more impressive if you actually knew where he was. We'll get him. <laughs> they call him the Sand Spider. But why? Because <laughs> <laughs> old uh, James couldn't think of a clever line there. James Cameron. I think maybe he's alluding to one of the two slurs that start with sand. Sounds very scary. Sand Spider. One of the two. Well, there's the, of course, the the dreaded N-word slur with the sand, but then there's, I got to say, uh, probably M, the M-word. Haven't you heard that? Midgets? <laughs> sand monkey, is that a slur? Probably. That you've heard before? Uh, doesn't come to mind. Uh... What other slurs do you know? Let's just <laughs> get them all out. No comment. That's not in the movie, though, right? Hey, Ben, no. you're doing what your buddy did. You're laughing silently. Uh, that was out loud, but no, that's <laughs> that's that's not in the movie, right? No, they just say Sand Spider. <laughs> Maybe they French connectioned it. <laughs> yeah, it is Disney on 20th Century. They probably did. Let We need to investigate this. Hey, do us a favor, Ben. Throw in that VHS you got there of True Lies. See what's on it. I, I can do that. <laughs> this this episode isn't long enough already. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be longer than the uh, the Repo Man episode, probably. Right? No, you're in the Eastern Time Zone. We got to get you to bed at a at a decent time. It is what it is. Uh, just wait till the MMC asks you to come on and starts at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> Stu is in the, in Australia, down under. It's not even Stu. It's it's uh, John. Fuck John. John and Hunter. They're always starting late because of those two. Well, I th I thought it was last time. It was because of uh, Stu. You talking about when I was on with them? Yeah. Oh, it's because Stu was sick and he had to sleep an extra hour, and then he was still. Okay. Hacking and coughing on the yeah, whole. So episode. why are you blaming John and Hunter, huh? Well, actually, they didn't give me a, a time. They rescheduled it for a different day and then tell me what time until like okay. two minutes before. <laughs> so I, I just fact checked, and sand spider is a thing. Six-eyed sand spider. Mm. Is that like I, a camel spider? Does they that, eat your so flesh? that's what I thought. That's what I thought, but I think it's different. I don't know. 
Okay. I'm not a spider expert, to be it's honest. It's a fun fact, though. Yeah. And that is a scientific fact. You know we like fun facts. Because <laughs> it sounds scary. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he'd be calling himself one of those things that Mulder was trying to get everybody to say. <laughs> All right, so uh, where do we get to next? So, Our, that was Act it? One. Now we <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now, now forget everything you you saw in that first forty five minutes, and we're gonna talk about Harry's personal life for the next hour. I wrote that down as as a note because it really seems like they just forget about the mission for an hour of this movie or more. <laughs> they just completely ignore it. Like a half of the movie. They're just, we got to catch this terrorist. And then it was like, I think my wife's banging this used car salesman. <laughs> Let's deal with that for like 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Cause the next scene is Harry goes to his wife's office to, you know, make up for missing the, the birthday party. Uh, Cause he's like, I'll see if she wants to go to lunch with me. And then when he walks up to her desk, right before he gets there, the, the wife's friend says, Simon's on the phone for you. And uh, she gets super excited and she takes the call and Arnold's heart just breaks. It's like that Simpsons where they show uh, Ralph's <laughs> Ralph <laughs> heart breaking in real time. Bart plays in the slow motion. <laughs> <laughs> you choo 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 choose me? Back when the Simpsons was good. Remember that 30 years ago? It's been a while. Oh. Actually, that was right around the same year of this movie. That's probably about 93, 94, that episode. Probably. So uh, that brings us to our next clip, I think, because uh, Arnold is, is distraught. He's come to the conclusion that his wife is cheating on him with some guy named Simon, which is almost worse than just being cheated on. Some guy named Simon? Simon. All right, here's our next clip. Welcome to the club, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody <laughs> thinks it could happen to them the first time, buddy. Same exact thing happened to his wife number two, remember? I had no idea nothing's going on, right? I come home one day, and the house is completely empty. And I mean completely empty. She even took the ice cube trays out of the freezer. What kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer? That's Helen. Hey, Harry. Hey, listen, Helen still loves you. You know, she just wants to bang this guy for a while, you know? It's nothing serious. You'll get used to it soon. Stop cheering me up! What'd you expect, Harry? Helen's a flesh and blood woman, and you're never there. It's just a matter of time. You know what? I say we concentrate on work, buddy. That's what I do every time my life turns to dog shit. I concentrate on work, and that gets me by. Right, buddy? It's going to be great. You know what? We're going to catch some terrorists. We're going to beat the crap out of them. You're going to feel a hell of a lot better. All right, watch your head now. Watch your head. Okay. <sighs> women can't live with them can't kill them i think tom arnold broke character there he was just talking about his own life <laughs> <laughs> i remember watching the roast of roseanne and tom arnold was on it it was like some behind the scenes stuff that was they were finally they were healing they were on better terms upwards and onwards and whatnot that was pre Valerie Jarrett, though. <laughs> His comments on Valerie. That's her name, right? Valerie Jarrett. 
Yeah, yeah I think so. And she was what? She was Secretary of State or something? What was she? I forget. I don't know. I don't know if she was like a senator or something. I think she was a part of Obama's cabinet. That sounds right. Well, to be I fair, would... Roseanne didn't know she was black. <laughs> Indeed. That was like 15,000 news cycles ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> it's hard to keep up. I mean, uh, she said she looks like uh, the mix between two different people. And uh, some people said, you're not allowed to point that out. <laughs> well, it was movie related, but uh, I won't reference the movie. <laughs> well, half of it was. Yeah, <laughs> I-, I think I I think I know where you're going. Here's a fun fact. Speaking of which, Charlton Heston was in it. <laughs> yep, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you know they used a, a line from that movie in Norwood? It's a madhouse. <laughs> a madhouse. <laughs> no, but of course you knew that, Brett. <laughs> I knew that line from Norbit, and then I went back and watched uh, Planet of the Apes again, and I'm like, oh, that's that's the same line. So, uh, where do we go from here? Does it is this where they go back to the office, and Harry's like, we need to tap her phone? Yeah. They have dinner that night, and Harry tells Helen that he went uh, to her office, and he, I must have just missed you. And uh, Helen uh, tells a lie. A very uncomfortable dinner where Arnold is banging the bowl with the spoon. <laughs> he just knows she's that, lying to that's him. Not, that's not how you do it I mean, when you're eating dinner. You don't do it that hard. <laughs> clank, clank, clank. <laughs> so much so that she even looks over like, what the fuck is he doing? yeah oh there goes your internet again dana the daughter is like i don't know what's going before we move on the co-worker who was like egging the fair one like what a piece of crap (laughs) she's like only an hour get some (laughs) get some more (laughs) like shit like you think he can last more than five minutes come on (laughs) so yeah after that he he knows because she lies to him at dinner so now he knows you know she's cheating on me i gotta go bug all her phones and figure out you know put a tail on her and figure out who this guy is that she's uh cheating on me with they bug her purse put a tracker in her purse yep gps everything so they use the tracker to follow her to lunch and then to listen to the conversation between simon and helen at lunch and that is our next clip Sure you weren't followed. No, I mean I kept looking behind me like you taught me, but I didn't send you one. Okay, it's just things are a bit hot right now. If I get a signal, I may have to leave suddenly. I understand. Look, it's my job to take risks, but not yours. I feel bad about bringing you into all this, but you're the only one I can trust. Were you out on a mission? We say a covert operation, and this one will. got a little rough. Worse than Cairo? Cairo. Cairo with a day at the beach next to this. The guy's a spook. With whom? He could be working her to get to you. Did you read the papers yesterday? Yes. Sometimes a story is a mass for covert operation. 
See two men killed in a restroom and two unidentified men in a running shootout ending at the Marriott. That was you. You see, you're very good. You recognize my style. <laughs> you're a natural at this. <laughs> the guy's a fake, man. He's taking credit for our moves. What happened? Hardly worth talking about. Two of them won't bother me again. <laughs> Unbelievable. You chased one. Something came over me. I just had to nail this guy, no matter what the risk. Pretty hairy. I thought he had me a couple of times, but I... I really can't take credit. Well, why not? It's the training. It shapes you into a lethal instrument. You react in a microsecond without thinking. <laughs> I'm starting to like this guy. <laughs> oh, he's still got to kill him. I mean, that's a given, you know. Yeah, Tom Arnold was great at the comedic relief, the, the supporting character in, in the mid-90s. Yeah. And then it all went away. It just disappeared. Don't know what happened. Lost it. He, he used it all in this movie. Because, <laughs> yeah, he was uh, obviously involved in, heavily involved in Roseanne. And that was the number one show for a couple of years in the early 90s. And it was a big show throughout. It was great in this. Uh, was great in, uh, what else am I thinking of? I just rewatched Carpool for the first time since I was out in theaters. And uh, he was pretty good in that one, too. So I never watched The Stupids. Well, I feel like that ended his career, as it also ended the career of John Landis, because neither of them really did shit after that. But I remember when it came out, and it was like it was one of those things where it was supposed to be big, but it wasn't. Yeah, I don't even remember when that came out. I remember it would be on Comedy Central from time to time, and like I, I'd watch a few minutes here and there, and like I couldn't stick with it. It was uh, ninety six, beginning of the end. I mean, obviously, he's done a lot of stuff since then, but it's always supporting stuff and usually in things that are not good. One of the only things I've seen him in in the past 20 years is probably Soul Plane. You guys seen Soul Plane? Yeah. Cinematic achievement? <laughs> it's not bad. No. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think, but it doesn't mean it's good either. It's decent for a Kevin Hart-led movie. Mm. That is... True, I'd say. He's in uh, Shriek, if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. If you're wondering what the fuck that is, that uh, that's the right reaction. I think I've seen that. I feel like I've seen that one. I have it on DVD. It is not good, but there's certain things in it that are hilarious. And Tom Arnold's actually really good in it. I mean, he's really funny. I mean, one of the main characters is Simon Rex. Tiffany Amber Thiessen. It's like a they were trying to ride the coattails of a scary movie. It was a spoof of a bunch of, you know, mid to late 90s horror films, but basically like a straight to DVD version. And it's very cheesy and not that great, but there's a few things in it that make me chuckle. But Tom Arnold's actually really good in it. Well, Simon Rex is a well respected, serious actor now because he did Red Rocket. Well, it only took him 20 years. <laughs> Well, also, he's basically playing himself in that movie. <laughs> you know? Uh, so he was in Nine Months, Tom Arnold. And of course, we already talked about him in Undercover Blues. He even coined our out-of-context clip for that episode. Oh, too bad. Uh, you know, when we did that, when was it, Vern? Two years ago. It was three years ago. Oh, no, honey, it wasn't. It was long. right after my hemorrhoid surgery. Coneheads. So he was in lots of stuff around then. 
He was on one episode of I Love the 80s. <laughs> of course he punked. was. He did an episode of Punked. I Love the 70s. That's where we get to now. Oh, uh, yeah. So after the lunch, they follow Simon back to his real job as a used car salesman. And uh, Harry poses as a customer, potential customer who may be interested into the in the vet, mm-hmm. the vet that he uh, Simon just drove back onto the lot and put the uh, price sticker back on the the windshield. It is a nice car. I thought it was strange that you go for a test drive, but the salesman drives it. Yeah, I mean Arnold drives on the way back, but yeah, I was confused. I was like, so is he, he just? Doesn't trust anyone to drive it, but well, what's the deal? Well, and then they go for a hot dog. Like, you just <laughs> had lunch. <laughs> He's trying to find out how to get girls. Come on. <laughs> this is like an hour, hour and a half test drive. This is a Kramer level test drive. <laughs> there wasn't any other customers in the lot. So I think he had some time. <laughs> I don't even know if that true. lot was even open, to be honest. Like, there was, <laughs> it was completely empty. All right, here's the clip. This isn't some high-tech sports car. Tell you the truth, it doesn't even handle that great. But that's not the idea, is it? What are we talking about here? Pussy, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Let's face it, Harry. The vet gets them wet. But it's not enough. If you really want to close escrow, well, you got to have an angle. Suppose you have an angle. <laughs> it's killer. I mean, look at me. I'm not that much to look at. No, 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 I can be honest. But I got them lining up. And not just the skanks either. Well, some are. So what's the angle? <laughs> oh, no. Sorry. Trade secret. Okay. Just ask yourself. What do women really want? You take these bored housewives married to the same guy for years, they're stuck in a rut. They need some release. Promise of adventure, a hint of danger. I create that for them. So basically, you're lying your ass off the whole time. See, I couldn't do that. <laughs> what are you, a boy scout? No, no, no. Think of it as playing a role. It's fantasy. I mean, you got to work on their dreams. Get them out of their daily suburban grind for a few hours. What about their husbands? Dickless. I mean, let's face it. If they took care of business, I'd be out of business. You know what I mean? <laughs> Those idiots. <laughs> Hey, hey, you mind keeping it under 90? I'm still trying to pay for this dental work. So, who are you working on right now? Oh, I always got a couple on the hook, you know. There's just one right now. I got her pinned like a dog. <laughs> it's great. What does she do? Some sort of legal secretary or something. You know, uptight and conservative. Oh, but she could be so hot if she wanted to be. <laughs> but you, she gets to be real hot, huh? <laughs> Red hot. Yeah. Her thighs, steam. <laughs> like a dying plant just needs a little water married to some boring jerk married to some boring jerk yeah you know he doesn't appreciate her she's like all these babes you get their pilot lit they can suck start a leaf blower (laughs) oh god she's got the most incredible body and a pair of titties make you want to stand up and beg for buttermilk ass like a 10 year old boy (laughs) luckily for bill paxton that punch was just part of a fantasy but yes let's just say Young me did not understand who's that. Gonna, who's going to say it first? 
Well, good. when I was watching, I was like, why, why is he talking about my butt? <laughs> I guess that was like it a, at the time. Was like dumb. a 10 year old boy. <laughs> I love his inflection. It's crazy. You'd think, <laughs> you'd think James Gunn wrote that line. <laughs> <laughs> you'd think you'd know that he wrote it. <laughs> Kevin Spacey, whatever. Fail, failed trauma. <laughs> I got to stay away from Kevin Spacey. He'd be after me. Yeah, if you haven't noticed, Mulder looks exactly like Anthony Rapp. I thought he was Anthony Rapp. <laughs> I thought this was a more notable podcast. I thought it was with a former actor, <laughs> former thespian of Days and Confused fame and Road Trip. <laughs> That's an achievement. Yeah. Yeah, I, look, I definitely look more like Road Trip than Days and Confused. Just need that college shirt or whatever he wears in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sweater vest or some shit. That's that's one of the best scenes in the movie. Like just Simon talking shit and what Harry wants to kill him the whole time. It's great. I laugh just every time. Totally oblivious. He just like just uh, spills all the beans. Just uh has no idea who he's talking to. And uh yeah. It's a trade secret two minutes later. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. As you pointed out, they stop for hot dogs. And it's just like, what are you doing? Do you not have a job to get back to? This is, this is like one in the afternoon, and you're just you're you're on an afternoon out with a stranger. Should hey, I start up the paperwork. <laughs> the commission on seventeen thousand dollars is a lot in ninety four. I suppose. What do you yeah. suppose the commissions are like for used car salesmen? What's the what percentage do you think they're getting? Five, ten percent, five between five and ten, I guess. Hmm. I don't know. I have no idea. I wonder if it was like an agent type of thing where you think they're getting 10 or like, you know, like a, what a realtor gets one or two or maybe even less. Well, they're also selling like quarter million dollar, half million dollar properties. I think Adam Scott on uh, Step Brothers, he says he do it for four fifths commish. Look, I got my real estate license a few years back for shits and gigs. You know what? I'd even do it for four fifths commish because, you know, it really gets my dick hard. Helping out my friends. Also subsidized by HGTV. <laughs> well, Bill Paxton's used, you know, Simon must make a lot because he gets to go around all day just looking for like, you know, married women to fuck. <laughs> That's what he does to pass his time. The jig is up when he takes him back to the safe house. <laughs> <laughs> the, the penthouse is uh, hot right now. <laughs> I mean, it's not even a single Y. That's like a, that's like a pole trailer. No, I'm no trailer expert, so I can't comment. I mean, it's not as long as a regular trailer home. Uh, yeah. It's like a pull behind. Remember, they call those the, the trailers that aren't a Winnebago, an RV. You know, it's like the ones you pull with a truck. It's like what Mel Gibson lives in and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> it's bigger that. than that. It's bigger than that. Well, I mean, that's uh, it's prime real estate on the Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> Completely affordable. Beach side, a, that shit's beach on. Yeah. Or a police officer. So then they set up this thing to catch Simon in the act. Because uh, he's going to set he's up gonna... all these stings for his wife. But they just completely forget about the terrorist. Yeah, because he's going to call Helen to uh, bring her on a mission. And uh, so Arnold, or Harry, he, uh, he calls like five ground uh, units and like two choppers. <laughs> to follow them out of town. 
<laughs> and then when they get there, they uh, they all put their ski masks on and they're dressed in all black. And then they literally cut one wall of the trailer off. (laughs) (laughs) So they were going to, Simon wanted Helen to come to Paris with him and pose as his wife. And uh, so they needed to practice so that she'd be comfortable with it once they got over there. And uh, she, she can't do it. But then they cut the wall off the, the end of the trailer and knock him on top of her. And so it looks like they're they're fucking. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like your legs are in the stirrups, you know. <laughs> and Arnold is pissed. Yes. You know, Helen, she makes short work of uh, Tom Arnold. Doesn't he hit her with his gun and then Arnold hits him back? <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's him. I think that's supposed to be like another guy, but. I she, thought, oh, I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was Tom Arnold, but yeah, she was been. fighting back, and uh, yeah, he just whacks her. I don't know. He like, he like lost, you know, got the wind knocked out of him because she knees him in the, in the, you know, the sensitive parts. I thought he was out, but either way, yeah, it's funny. could have been out. It's hard then, to tell because I got a ski mask on. You I mean, you, I mean, you thought Harry would have like briefed his guys, like, all right, don't hit my wife, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think they know that she's his wife, though. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just, uh, no, these are two targets we got to get. Yeah, like, there's no explanation. Everybody just goes along with it, just because. You wouldn't want collateral damage on this mission, especially if this uh, Carlos the Jackal, <laughs> as they mentioned later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's what they briefed the other team on, yeah. but. Known international terrorist. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> who? <laughs> <laughs> They're well known. Everybody knows them, don't you? Then they get thrown in the van and taken away. Um, Helen is in, is interrogated by both Harry and Gib. They keep asking about her sex life, and she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what is going on? How many times did you bang Simon? <laughs> <laughs> she said, I needed to feel alive. And she, she had uh, agreed to go to, to Paris, to which he was probably like, oh, shit. <laughs> Well, he had all them passports and tickets and stuff. Well, yeah, he did. and he has a gun too. I wonder if the gun the gun was probably fake. Probably. It was a it was a BB gun. Yeah, he was practicing while he was on the phone with her one time. It was just a BB gun. Oh, that's right. And then they uh they get the bright idea that uh well we're gonna spice up Helen's life and assign her uh put her on assignment to drop the charges. Mm-hmm. And so they all uh, eventually start using all the uh, department's revenue to set up a rendezvous between Harry and his wife at a fancy hotel. <laughs> <laughs> the subject of the mission likes to watch. <laughs> and she must do whatever he says. Meanwhile, did you did you know there's a terrorist smuggling nukes into the, the U.S.? <laughs> For, For quite a while. <laughs> Gibb has already mentioned several times that this is a misappropriation of department resources and you lose their job. And hey, let's just focus on the work, huh, buddy? <laughs> like, we need warrants for all that stuff. How many times did you do it without a warrant? Yeah, we do it every day. <laughs> These illegal wiretaps, right. which is true, I'm sure. He's going to stop them. He's like, I-, I don't agree with this, but you know, he has the 
Arnold has to pull out the blowjob card. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, Helen agrees to the uh, the assignment. She's going to be contacted by Boris, and her code name is going to be, of course, Natasha Doris. <laughs> Tasha would have been a perfectly reasonable Russian name. Nope, gotta go with Doris. It's probably a copyright infringement. Yeah. But then again, many a movie and TV show have stolen those names. <laughs> and then uh, the audience is witness to an, an extraordinary striptease scene. Well, first they gotta drop Simon off. That they I I forgot if that was yeah that had to have been before because they get kidnapped, yeah by the terrorists that they're <laughs> supposed to be investigating. Yeah, so I think it's the, the next clip we have is they're dropping Simon off, um at the edge of like a dam or something. Yeah, it was looks like an aqueduct or something. Something. Son of a bitch, do you think you can elude us forever, Carlos? Huh? Wait, you got the wrong guy. My name's Simon. Look, look, j- just let me go. There's, there's no need to kill me. I haven't seen your face. Oh, yeah, no, 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 I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I didn't see it. It's you. Hey, you still interested in that bet at all? Hey, Carlos, the game's over. Your career as an international terrorist has been well documented. No. Oh, yeah. No, no, oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I sell cars. That's all. Come on. I'm not a terrorist. I'm actually a complete coward. If I ever saw a gun, I'd oh god, oh please don't, 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 don't kill me. I'm not a spy. I'm nothing. I'm naval land. I have to lie to women to get laid. And, and, and I don't score much. I got a little dick. It's pathetic. Oh, oh, oh god, oh. Would a spy pee himself, huh? Huh? Oh, God. Please. I'm not worth a bullet. Oh, mercy, sir. Get the fuck out of here, huh? Uh, huh? Just beat it. Come on. No, no. As soon as I turn, you're going to shoot me. You're going to shoot me. You're going to shoot me. Please. You can have the car for free. Huh? What do you say? Hey, huh? Get lost, dipshit. <laughs> Oh, what does he say there? I'm a, I'm a what? I'm naval lint. Yeah, what is? I don't think I'm familiar like with the term. Belly, belly button fuzz. <laughs> oh, oh I'm naval, naval lint. lint. Yes, I thought it was like a term. I didn't catch that either. I'm naval lint, like it was one word. I, I too. <laughs> Looked this up on the internet, and somebody else posted like, "Yeah, he's not saying a, a, you know, an adjective. He's saying navel lint, like belly button fuzz." I'm like, "No, thanks for the fun fact, there, Ben." Here's a fun fact. I thought it was some sort of like term for like that uh, makes a lot more sense, but still doesn't make sense. Like, why didn't he just call himself a pussy? <laughs> I thought maybe Did it I was like up? a, it was something that was some term that was synonymous with like uh, being impotent or something. Yeah, I, mean, I he thought already, something like that too. He talks about his tiny dick, but it's embarrassing. I like how he's still trying to give the car away. Like, I'll <laughs> give it to you for free. <laughs> you still want the vet? 
It makes them wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. And how does a 10 year old boy's ass get wet? That's what I don't think. <laughs> that was... I don't want to uh, talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next topic. <laughs> what are you talking about, Simon? God. All right. That was our last clip, I believe. So we're starting to get to the uh, the end here because that seductive dance uh, that we just referenced is interrupted by Tia Carrera's people. Like I was using the tape recorder because you have the French guy at the office to record all his lines for him. Mm-hmm. Then he's sitting in the shadows. It's like clearly a movie set type shadows because <laughs> <laughs> perfect lines. Because you know it's it's just enough where you know the camera could see him, but of course Jamie Lee can't make out that it's her husband. He's, or that he's, he's holding a tape recorder. Yeah, he's backlit by moonlight, which is not <laughs> something that's going to be consistent in a hotel room. But she she can't hear the buttons. You know, stop, play, <laughs> r- rewind. <laughs> yeah, click, 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 click. Uh, then he drops it. <laughs> or that the sound is coming out from the bottom of the the chair, <laughs> and not his. Yeah. <laughs> Or the fact that it's coming out of a 1994 Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. That's doesn't have the best sound quality out of that tape recorder. It's a talk boy. Mm. Hey, that was state of the art at the time. It wasn't real. <laughs> they made it up for the movie. <laughs> stays at uh, Ding Dang Dongs. Was it Ding Dang Dongs? Stays at uh, Trump's hotel there. Home Alone 2. What about Home Alone 2? Who? What? The, the the talk boy was popularized yeah. by Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2, yeah. Because they made it up for that movie, and then they had to make a real version after the fact. And he used the talk boy to record a commercial from the television talking about the Plaza Hotel. And they said something like, the celebrity, like, Ding Dang Dong stays there or some shit. Do you know what I'm Dude. talking about? I, I, don't, I don't remember. I remember Home Alone 1, not 2. I'll post the clip. I added in post. It's very important. <laughs> Guests of the new celebrity Ding Dang Dong stay at the world-renowned Plaza Hotel, New York's most exciting hotel experience. Where's the Where's the lobby? It's down the hall and to the left. <laughs> says our future president. Another thing that Disney censored those fucking assholes. Only in Canada. Only in Canada they censored it. I thought that was the deal. In Canada, they cut Trump out of the TV cut. Well, I thought that was throughout the U.S. They threatened to do it, or they they said they wanted to do it, but or replace him with some CGI replacement. Well, I don't give a fuck if Canada did, did it. Who cares about them? <laughs> I mean, aren't they your neighbors, though, kind of? Kind of. We're the, we're the Canada of states, basically. Because of the the hockey aspect, but true, and we do share a border, but we're closer. We're closer to the southern part of Minnesota. Yeah, we're part of the uh, Twin Cities, the the mecca of all the 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 wickedness in Minnesota is all the cities, the the South Mid East, I guess if you want to describe it that way, the Middle East, yes, <laughs> Middle East Minnesota. 
Speaking of Middle East, <laughs> here comes the Crimson Jihad. <laughs> yes. How did they know that they were there? Like, explain that to me. That's the one thing I'm like, what's going on here? They I have just, no idea. They were just, they were tailing, they were tailing Harry, uh, Harry through all this uh, stalking his wife and kidnapping people. And they're like, this guy's a fucking psycho. Well, they were tailing him before, you know, when we had the, the chase through the hotel and whatnot. But yeah. So it's like, so they're tailing him through all these covert ops that they're running with his wife and Simon. And But like, they would have been fine if they just left him there because he wasn't even following them anymore. Yeah. They'd given up. He was trying to bang his wife. <laughs> but they, they could have already blown up four cities with their nukes. <laughs> like they could have been done. Could have. It'd been at least a week since he even thought about the Crimson Jihad. <laughs> What kind of a cop are you anyway? So there's some uh, there's some exposition given by Tia Carrer, right? Back at the lair. One of the funny things when they get kidnapped is because Helen doesn't know that Harry is a secret agent, she tries to take the, the heat as her it's her assignment. Mm-hmm. And they need to let Harry go. And Harry tries to be like, shut up, Helen. I'm trying to let them. You don't know me. <laughs> let let, let the hooker here. go. <laughs> trying to get you out of here. And she won't have it because she's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get flown somewhere. It ends up being the Florida Keys. They eject him with, uh, is it sodium pentothal? Is that the name of it? I think that's what they inject him with once they are trying to interrogate him. Yeah. I don't know what they give them to uh they just give them some, you know, Xanax or something. Liquid Xanax, I don't know. General anesthesia of some sort. Roofie. Lots of people would pay for that. Like, yeah, just In the neck. knock me out on my flight. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, so they got all the, the Persian statues there from earlier, and that's where the nukes were hidden. Aziz keeps on trying to make a video. <laughs> <laughs> but the cameraman's uh, camera runs out of battery about halfway through. And the guy, he won't shut up, so the guy can't like interrupt him. <laughs> you know, he's rolling. You know, don't disturb him. Forget it. He's rolling. Sweat, <laughs> sweating profusely. <laughs> um, um, the the battery died. Well, then go fucking change it. <laughs> I I think I have. I don't give a shit. Just go change. <laughs> That guy definitely thought he was getting killed. <laughs> I like how they do the uh, the really stereotypical uh, Muslims shooting machine guns into the air to celebrate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is there anything before uh, you guys want to discuss before they escape, basically? With the Uzi that's falling down the stairs and shooting everyone? That's how guns work. <laughs> well i just like that he's like supposedly you know they drug him like you said with whatever chemicals he's uh, playing to, possum uh, again truth serum and he just like takes everyone down and he supposedly he's he's drugged out of his mind he and picks they, his handcuffs told you he's like 610 and 360 pounds Jeez, you think hulk hogan was telling the story <laughs> He's six two two. They do that point of view shot. That's like a you know like a PS one cutscene. It's like really slow. <laughs> it's really you know, slow and blurry. <laughs> it's really dark. 
the lighting's off, but uh, apparently he's just that badass of a spy. He can mm-hmm. just work right through it. It was funny, though, because he, he said exactly what he was going to do. He says, I'm going to grab you. I'm going to use you as a human shield. I'm going to break your neck. I'm going to shoot that guy. I'm going to do this and that. And then he just did it. He was telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, we, if, if his filmography is any indication, the anesthesia that they use, is, it never works. Like total recall. You know, the, they pump before the drugs, but then they continue to ask him, like, well, what do you want this bitch to look like in your dreams? A sleazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, but then he wakes up mid-implant and starts killing everyone. Or does he? Or does he? He's just taking too many steroids. Like, his, his brain's mush already. Like yeah. <laughs> But like, it seems like, you know, drugs never really work on him. There's no effect. Like, uh, I just heard this story. Uh, it was on a recent Botchamania video. But they're telling a, a story uh, from the early 90s. The War Ward was a real steroid monster of a dude. And he asked somebody, it was un- uncertain who it was, but he asked somebody to shoot him up with steroids in the locker room. And they stuck the needle in his ass and the plunger wouldn't move. And the guy goes, dude, I think you're full. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the same thing, trying to inject anything into Arnold. <laughs> so yes, Arnold uh, quickly dispatches of several of the terrorists. But uh, Helen picks up the slack. She, how many people does she shoot by dropping the gun down the stairs? I don't know, 10, 15? Dozens. Something like that. Dozens. But doesn't hit herself. It's, it's like, yeah, you know. Like a bicycle wheel just falling <laughs> down there and just shooting back at her. She's fine. End over end. And it's the people are, you know, they're not coming at her in a single file line. <laughs> they're running into the line of fire. <laughs> <laughs> and we forgot to mention that the gun has like a hundred bullets because it's just going forever. That's not science. It isn't. Just let it go. It's not science. I said, let it go. The highlight there, though, is when they're getting a, you know, they, they get separated, and then Arnold's got his two Uzis, and he's just shooting everybody, you know, commando style. Right. And then he has this, like, I guess a gas, a fuel truck of some sort. He turns it into a, uh, say, oh, shit, I only got, like, a couple bullets left. Turns it into a, a flamethrower, which is, yeah. I thought was, was pretty badass. Yeah. <laughs> Until Aziz pulls his RPG out and just... uh rockets the uh the tanker truck yeah he has to es- escape the flames by jumping underwater nice little connection to the beginning as he's swimming under ice in the beginning he's swimming under fire at the end see james cameron <laughs> so much subtlety in his work because people really give a shit about that stuff i saw that was mentioned in one of the fun facts and i was like really <laughs> it's tr- it's not that in-depth it's true lies <laughs> It's just supposed to look cool. It's Shakespearean. Like, I'm sure Cameron might have that as, like, uh, an Easter egg for for the real nerds out there. But, I mean, let's be real. It's it's St. Shakespeare. (laughs) It's it's Shakespearean, like Phantom (laughs) of the Mall. (laughs) They get separated from Helen. Helen's picked up by Tia Carrere and taken hostage yet again. Yep. They got one nuke set off, (laughs) set to explode. In 90 minutes, they put the other ones in trucks. They do a like a show of or a display of their power where they set one off 
in the ocean, right? Well, it's that uninhabited island. Mm. You know, they bury it in concrete for some reason, but so nobody can diffuse it. Yes, Nothing can I be guess. done. Of course, that doesn't jam any of the mechanisms in the uh, timing and detonation devices. So yeah, um, Gib and uh, and crew are coming uh, with their helicopters. They get there just in time to pick up Harry, and just in time to uh, get away from the guy from the island before it explodes. And they chase the uh, Crimson Jihad down the bridges to Miami. They're shooting at trucks that are transporting nukes. <laughs> <laughs> Great set piece. Great set piece. I've seen the there. There's some miniatures used in that scene. I saw like some behind the scenes photos sometime, but it's that whole that whole scene is great. Yeah, I mean the visual effects hold up, right? Mm -hmm. From thirty years later, it still looks pretty good. I mean, better than a lot of the stuff that comes out now. Still, yeah, pretty much all practical. It's really too bad that he's gone so deep into the CGI <laughs> shit. Yeah, because he was like one of the best action directors back in the day mm -hmm. i mean everything is choreographed so well with the the limo dropping into the water as jamie lee grabs arnold's arm and lifted to safety and whatnot but yep as she fights with uh tia carrere in the in the limo they shoot the driver <clears throat> yeah he kind of just dies on the pedal pushing it down <laughs> it's an it's another people don't kill people guns kill people scene Mm -hmm. I like too when they they were gonna shoot the bridge out and uh, the one guy in the jet says, uh, "Is it safe to shoot rockets at a truck hauling a nuke?" <laughs> and Arnold goes, "Yeah," and then he looks at Tom Arnold and is like, "I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so." I feel like it is maybe not a cliche, but I know I've heard it once or twice in other films where they talk about. There's like a fire near a nuke or something like that. It's like, well, it's not going to be able to, it's not going to set it off, the type of thing. It's it's safe. You know, it needs to have the internal mechanisms that trigger the bomb to go off. The nuclear reaction's not going to start because of fire. It's not like, uh, you know, shooting a gas tank in a car and it explodes, <laughs> you know, even though that rarely would ever happen. What if your car gently, gently rolls down a cliff? <laughs> <laughs> Because a pelican landed on the, the hood of it. <laughs> I like how they're doing the comedy bits all the way to the end. I kind of felt bad for those guys. I was like, ah, they didn't. They only kind of deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> really, after he rescues uh, Helen, like, that's realistically where most people would have probably ended the movie. But James Cameron's like, fuck this. We got to go shoot some uh, missiles out of jets uh, through <laughs> through buildings and shit. He's like, hey, I got $100 million and I got $20 million. You know, Fuck it. We're going for it. <laughs> We're getting a hairier jet. Oh, by yes. the way, they kidnapped uh, your daughter sometime. <laughs> I don't know when they did it, but yeah, sure. Well, they didn't mention it earlier, right? I forget when they mentioned it, but... Like... I think it's Tia Carrere... Uh, Juno, if you will. Juno finds out that he has a daughter or something. Uh, I think they look at his wallet or something. They see a picture of her. Yeah, because but... they'd have to go to D.C. and then bring her back to Miami. <laughs> no, she was already down there because she was on a drug run with her boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> he was a cocaine cowboy. She was, 
She was queen and slimming it. They had just killed a cop. <laughs> just killed him. <laughs> just shot up Lay's officer <laughs> who got flustered and shot her in the thigh. Uh, yeah, there's a grand set piece in a building that's under construction combined with a Harrier jet that Arnold... It's been forever since he flown one of them, but I was like, I was thinking, like, well, Harrier jets, weren't they kind of new at 94? How could he have flown one like 10 years earlier? They were 80s aircraft, really? I believe. Okay. Yeah, maybe even late 70s. Even huh. so, like it, it, it had been 10 years since he'd flown anything. Well, I didn't see any in Top Gun in 86. No, those were F-18s. Come on. I expect to see... Weren't they F-16s or were they F-18s? Uh, they were F-18s. I, well, I, I want to see a Harrier jet. I want to see the newest planes they have. They were F-15s in the first one, F-18s in the second one. There you go. I'm correct myself. Yeah. But it was a Marines uh, thing. It was, Top Gun is the Navy. Mm-hmm. Those Marines and True Lies, you know what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, don't don't mix them up. They'll get pissed. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody wants to be associated with the Navy. And don't call them Air Force. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scene with the at the end here is one of the best climaxes of any action movie ever made. I think it stands next to just about anything. It definitely holds up. There's some good comedy mixed in with it, but also just the practical jet on the set there, basically. And it's so ridiculous. It's such a absurd scenario that they get themselves mm-hmm. into. Yeah, she's Dana steals the key from the, the terrorists and gets on a crane on the top of the building. It's like, that was your idea? Why didn't you run down the <laughs> stairs? <laughs> Where all the cops just were. There's clearly some green screen being used with the backgrounds and whatnot, but I like having the actual jet there and the crane and the actors jumping from crane to plane and the Aziz. It's all great. It was a little reminiscent of uh, Live Free or Die Hard, the fourth Die Hard film. I think it's also a Harrier jet used in that set piece towards the end where it's Bruce Willis kind of lands on top of a jet and then he jumps off of it onto a collapsed interstate but more cgi was used there of course yeah great set piece there's a lot of jostling around there and aziz ends up getting caught on one of the missiles well he gets uh, he gets crotched on the uh the wing on the back mm-hmm. yeah the stabilizer <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then as, as gun was hanging off like one of the other things back there and uh yeah he gets uh he gets shaken off onto one of the missiles and then shot through the building into his own guys in the helicopter across the way another arnold uh quote where he's like you're fired yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. so great could have been the last great line he had unless you count the line from eraser when he shoots the alligator in the face, it says, your <laughs> luggage. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen that. I probably saw that once on TV when I was like 10, so I'll have to rewatch that just for that line. That's alligator good. or crocodile, one of the two. <laughs> your <Zoom>. luggage. <laughs> that's great. Um, that's pretty much the end. Uh, so... After everyone hugs and kisses and we're all back together as a family, Helen handled herself so well that we just might as well 
bring her into the Omega sector, make her an agent. Yep. One year later, she can play a good stripper and she can accidentally kill a dozen people with a gun. <laughs> and she's got an ass like a 10 year old boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is most important. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Boris and Doris are back. <laughs> and they're working some other party where they're doing some intel work. And they and do they, the tango. And they and they know everybody. Oh, yes. Colonel, the general. There's a familiar looking uh, waiter at that party, too. That's right. I almost, I almost forgot about Simon. <laughs> Is he, he has not learned his lesson. He's still doing the same spiel with the now he's trying to new girl he found he's trying to bang a diplomat's wife or something i don't know <laughs> he had another name on his name tag i forget what it was though i, I don't remember what it was he's undercover <laughs> with the with the caterers like, yeah I, I gotta do this waiter thing now but you know <laughs> it's just a cover for my real job then uh they pull a gun on him in front of everybody <laughs> and he wets himself and runs away <laughs> yeah that's how it ends with uh, Tom Arnold, he's a bit of a Debbie Downer trying to wrangle everyone. Oh, come on, guys. The tango on, again. Na- national really? security stuff here. Let's go. But having fun. Credits. Well, he wanted to be in the field. He's sick of being in the van. It's been 15 years. <laughs> he's a bit chubby for, from being in the van that whole time. But if you recall, he was able to hide behind a very thin pole. When he was being shot at. <laughs> Saved his life. I mean, he still moves pretty well for a big guy. Yeah. You think he was big in this? Well, for a 90s uh, actor. Okay, fair, fair. Yeah. For a 90s guy that partied a lot. I don't think he passed the PT test at Omega Sector. <laughs> <laughs> and his, his heart health was probably pretty low with all the coke, but... I don't think he passes the drug test. <laughs> he had the ass of a 50-year-old man. <laughs> So no ass. <laughs> what else is there to say? Or should we just get into fun facts? Yeah, I think we covered it to death. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> Ben's like, oh, why did I want to come why on here? I did agree to get on the show. <laughs> hey, I'm if I can, I'm gonna try to string us out another like 30 minutes and be longer than Repo Man. It's fine. <laughs> It'll probably end up being two and a half hours. Hey, it's longer than the movie. We 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 are successful. <laughs> I guess we can rate it first before we get into fun facts. Ben, well, the, the, the thing is, so many of our episodes in which we focus on one film, we forget to actually rate it. <laughs> so rather just do it now and get it done with. <laughs> I'm kind of interested. I'll, I'll go. Can I go last? Is that okay? Sure, that's fine. I'm sure. interested in your guys' uh, ratings. Sure. Uh, Brett, why don't you uh, start us off? Yeah, I gave it a uh, WTM soonish. Soonish. Gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd. It's uh, definitely a fantastic action flick. I concur. Those are my thoughts exactly. Give it a WTM soonish. Soonish. And uh, yeah, I would give it a four, maybe four and a half in Letterboxd. I'm not sure what I have it at now, but four seems like a good score. You have it at a four. Okay. Hey, easy. <laughs> Who's the stalker <laughs> here? <laughs> We follow each other, Eric. It's fine. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah, I'll give it a... I'll be more positive than both of you and, and give it an ASAP. 
Okay. ASAP. That means now. It's one of the best 90s. It's my only critique is it's slight. They could have cut it down like 10 minutes, maybe 15, but whatever. It's it's good. It doesn't really drag for me. It's fu- it's funny where it, it needs to be funny and it's enough action to get you through pretty, you know, you don't notice it. I watched it twice uh in the past 2 days and didn't bother me the runtime, so. Sure, it's a it's a James Cameron film. Is the gold standard for blockbuster action. All right, so I guess we can get into fun facts. Hey, everybody, here's some fun facts. Right, we kind of mentioned this. Uh, we speculated a bit. Uh, when Harry tells Gib that Helen is having an affair, Gib tells a story about his second wife taking everything when she left him, even the ice cube trays from the freezer. This is a direct reference to Tom Arnold's divorce from Roseanne Barr. It was happening at the same time she was reported to have taken his ice cube trays when she left him as well. Arnold told the story to James Cameron on the set while saying, what kind of sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer? And Cameron thought the line was hilarious and incorporated it into the film. So that is a true story. Here's a fun fact. For the spectacular Florida Keys climax, production actually bought some redundant causeway links and restored the missing chunks so that they could be blown to smithereens on screen. And in addition to that, he could say, the bridge that was blown up was an 80-foot model of the Seven Mile Bridge, the old bridge where they did the shot. Uh, it was already blown up when they opened the new bridge. The bridge had sections removed so that taller boats could pass through without the need for a drawbridge. Here's a fun fact. Arnold had a near-fatal accident on set during the horse riding scene when his horse got startled and ran out of control. Arnold managed to slide off the horse but did did this near a 30-foot drop-off. His personal stuntman saw what happened and was able to grab him before he went over the edge. Mm -hmm. Here's another fun fact. Tom Arnold didn't expect to get a role in the movie and went to the audition mostly for a chance to meet James Cameron. Um, he did some scenes with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Cameron immediately noticed the chemistry between the two actors. Afterwards, Arnold jokingly said about Schwarzenegger, he's not that big, I think I can take him, which highly amused Cameron and sealed the deal. Initially, 20th Century Fox objected, uh, as Arnold's reputation at the time wasn't positive, mostly due to his public antics with then wife Roseanne Barr. But when Cameron threatened to take the movie somewhere else, if Arnold couldn't be cast... They relented. When Arnold later learned about this, he was grateful to Cameron for taking a chance on him. He became a good friend of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Cameron afterwards. Quite the mouthful. Yeah, that was a long one. I got one from Wikipedia, if you don't mind. Go for it. Sure. In the 2005 film, The Kid and I, Tom Arnold plays a fictional character based on himself. And in that film, the character had star starred in true lies and is pursued by a fan and teams up with henry winkler and linda hamilton to make a sequel schwarzenegger and curtis cameo as themselves <laughs> i suppose i mean everyone you've just mentioned was doing nothing at that time so <laughs> free money come on yeah why not relive uh past glory yeah there's a lot of details on true lies too too many details but I guess uh, 9-11 kind of killed that from ever happening. Of course. 9-11 killed a lot of things. Here's another fun fact. If you do get James Bond vibes from this film, there's a good reason. 
the late Peter Lamont, who was the production designer of this film, as well as the Bond films from For Your Eyes Only in 81, all the way up to Casino Royale in 06. That adds up. Speaking of the terrorists that were in, depicted in this film, James Cameron said uh, he denied the film was intended to be racist, arguing, I just needed some convenient villains. It could have been anybody. Could have I could have picked Irish terrorists, which to be fair at the time he could have picked Irish terrorists. Yeah, this came out the same year as that Cranberries album. <laughs> Everyone was talking about the IRA. What was yeah. that movie with uh... the Crying Game? The, the I was gonna say when did the Crying Game come game or, come out? Ninety two or ninety three? Is that the one with Brad Brad Pitt? Uh that was the different. Devil's Own, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also Patriot Games, which is 92. Patriot IRA Terrace. What else? Yeah, there was a lot at the time. But here's a fun fact. Um, when asked during an interview whether his wife was bothered by him sitting there watching Jamie Lee Curtis strip, Arnold Schwarzenegger said that he or that she asked him about it and he assured her, honey, I hated every hour of it. Then he banged the maid. <laughs> All right. Anything else tripping your trigger? There's a lot of quote unquote fun facts listed on IMDb. You guys don't like you don't like the tango one? Oh, you can say it if you want. Arnie's biggest challenge for the movie was not doing all the physical stunts, clearly, because he uh had his stunt double do all that, but uh <laughs> dancing the tango. He had to take dance lessons to realistically perform the dance. He rehearsed the scene for about six months as he wanted to make sure he was as good as Al Pacino in The Scent of a Woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, they play the same music. I mean, that's pretty stereotypical of a tango dancing as they play that song. We also... Jo- sorry. Well, I was going to say the joke's on Arnold because Al Pacino did it blind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's method acting for you. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf would pluck his own eyes out if that were the case. <laughs> Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff on here that uh, is only moderately interesting, I think. A lot of these are, like, really long, like, longer than the normal IMDb trivia. Right. Well, if you're uh, if you're that interested, you can look it up for yourself. Some more IMDb trivia, fun facts. But I think that'll about do it. Anything else, guys, you want to mention before we wrap it up? No, uh, thanks, Ben, for joining us and suggesting the movie. I think this is a fun episode for sure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, again, I'll just I'll plug myself one more uh, my podcast one more time. The Searchers. We don't do just westerns, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want us to cover one, uh, we'll do it. So, you know, I did again. do uh, Tombstone back in the day with Chad, a guy who uh, was on three episodes. So that's the only one. WTM is basically the only Western and most of the Westerns I like are revisionist Westerns, which you do not like for the most part. Right. Unacceptable. Now, I mean, (laughs) some of them are fine. I'll give you some recommendations off air. I never really got into the white hat, black hat stuff. It's all post Josie Wales. I got one for you then. I'll tell you that later. I mean, obviously I I love the uh, Leone films that was before, but I mean, when I was a kid, among the first westerns I saw was Outlaw Josie Wales. 
and anything else Clint was doing at the time. But anywho, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, be sure to check out their show. Uh, Brett, where can people support our show? By buying some lovely merchandise. Yeah, if you want some of our merchandise, head over to wtmwatch.creator-spring.com. Yeah, you can also support the show by rating and reviewing this podcast, preferably an Apple podcast, which we did just get another rating uh, recently, which thank you for that. And go out and rate the searchers too. That People don't realize how much that actually helps. Yeah, it helps with the stupid algorithms and mm-hmm. gets get you more listens and stuff yeah. like that. It LG presents rhythm. your show to more people that are searching for different things. You guys made the switch to Podbean. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a nightmare when I finally get the whole podcast on there. But um, yes, uh, thank you once again. You can also reach out to us on Twitter. You can follow us at watch this underscore movie or bet at positively wolf one, which is also his letterbox profile. Mine is under Eric underscore Mulder. Ben, what is your letterbox profile? Uh, it's currently under Giant13. Okay. No underscore or anything, just Giant13? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you are not on the Twitters or the, the Facebooks. So. No. But uh, you can email the show at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. And please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why do you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case. What are you talking about? I'm as clean as a preacher's sheets. I'm as clean as a baby's... What about the time you blew a six-week operation because we're busy getting a blowjob, huh? You knew about that?